Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And a couple of quick-fire guests. As I promised last week, I'll be joined by Paul Vaughan from the Canberra Raiders today. But our favourite, the Wild Panther, uh, fellow brother from the West, it is MG. How you going, brother? I'm fantastic, mate. It's uh, exciting times ahead. These two games on uh, Friday and Saturday night have got me salivating. Mate, I'm in the exact same boat as you. Very happy in particular uh, with the fact that Melbourne are around. But as far as the games on the weekend are concerned, uh, just quickly sum them up. I think... That's a fair reflection on the competition this year in particular. Um, the fact that the Roosters, the Broncos and the Cowboys led the race the whole way. Um, the Sharks did have a bit of a resurgence, but they just don't have the points in them. Um, and you look at the Bulldogs, they were patchy all year. So I thought those score lines or um, those games, the way they were played out, uh, it was no real surprise to me and a fair result considering how good the Roosters and the Cowboys have been. Yeah, I think if anything that was a surprise, Lewis, was the fact that the, the blowouts and the scores, I, I, I didn't predict them. Um, but you're right, all year, the Roosters and the Cowboys have been uh, then two teams that I thought were going to be thereabouts come this time of year. But the, you know, I think, personally, I was always waiting for the Broncos to, to have a bit of a slide and, and, and kind of make their way out of the top four and, and possibly out of the semi-finals contention and grand final contention. But... They've been, some, they've been sensational. Um, the Broncos, for mine, have been the form and, and the most surprising team of the competition this year. Um, and, you know, how, would you, how can you ever stop, uh, stop doubting their coach, uh, Wayne Bennett? He's, he's supreme, supreme coach. Fourth spot was always um, up, for, up for grabs. It looked like at some stage the Dogs, looks like some stage Sharkies, Storm were always thereabouts. Um, the Raiders, even earlier in the year, looked like they were going to make a surge for the top eight, maybe top four, but... I agree with you. The top four teams now that are left in the competition are the four that deserve to be there. Yeah, and I agree. I think Melbourne, while inconsistent during the year, you look at the important games. They took the Cowboys within a field goal, and they beat them at the back end of the year. Their last three weeks, they played three games in 10 days. They beat teams one, two, and three, and they knocked the Roosters off uh, week one there. So even without Billy Slater, Munsters did a fantastic job. Smith's picked the slack up. I think if anyone... Uh, has been a little bit down on form. It's probably Cooper Cronk with the kicking game. So uh, moving on to these matches we've got this week. The first one we've got is the Broncos versus the Roosters Friday night up there at Suncorp Stadium. Mate, you're surprised by the Broncos. So am I. Uh, the Roosters, I don't think, are surprised anyone. But who do you think wins this match and why? Oh, wow. What a hard mix. It's almost impossible to, to pick a winner in either of the games. They're that close. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. I, look, I think sometimes... some. In, in the Roosters' instance, I think that they needed that loss um, in week one to the Storm. They um, might sound that might sound silly, but um, they come out last week out of the blocks and they just basically ripped 
uh, ripped and shredded and, and tore apart. Um, you know, they're a really decent team. And um, but I, look, I, when I look at the Broncos, they, they are more consistent all across the field. But I think Roosters had the more dynamic backline. Um, I'm still waiting. For, and look, I, the, the question mark I suppose this weekend on, on their game um, will be how fit is Junior Pierce, uh, young young. Mitchell Pierce's hamstring. Uh, I've never had a hamstring trouble, but uh, speaking to a couple of people who have, um, they say that basically once you've got one like he's got, um, they are they are dusty, especially when you rely on your speed as halfbacks do. Um, look, in summation, I, I, I'm leaning towards Roosters, um, but not not with any great certainty. Uh, I think the Broncos have played a really refreshing brand of footy this year. They've, they've Eliminated the wrestle from their game. They've just got numbers in tackles. Um, they've basically taken off where Queensland did in Game Three, um, and this back part of the uh, back part of the season, uh, players like uh, Corey Parker and, and Sam Friday have been outstanding. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree with you there. Uh, I look at this one, and I'm with you. I think the piercing is very important, but I would have no qualm in just not playing him if he was only 80 percent and playing Hastings. I think Hastings done a great job. Um, the only thing that concerns me about the Broncos, why their online defence is so good, they concede yards so easily because they are a more mobile pack, and this Roosters pack um, is absolutely brilliant. So I'm looking at the Broncos. I'm looking at the online defence again and Hunt and Milford, obviously, to create points. Uh, on the Chook side of things, it's the bench and the forwards. If they lay the platform, whether Pierce is there or not, uh, with Hastings, Maloney, Friend, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, those edge threats that you talked about, Ferguson and Jennings, they've just got weapons all over the field. It's almost unfair, but... Um, that bench, that blows me away. Every one of those blokes would basically be a starting player at another club and a key figure, but that just shows the depth of their roster. They can lose Jared Maria Hargraves. Um, they've got Liu, Matungi, who's a former Kiwi international, Napa, who was borderline playing for Australia, and also Queensland, and Kane Evans. It's just absolutely unfair. I'm going to lean towards the Roosters, but much like you, I, you could flip a coin either way. It's going to be a hell of a football game. But the second game, Saturday, the Melbourne Storm versus the Cowboys. A clash of styles. Many people didn't expect Melbourne to find themselves in fourth, nor would they have given them a chance week one. But, um, you know, the Storm and Craig Bellamy are just synonymous with this time of year. Finals football has been Melbourne for the last decade. The Cowboys, they've fallen short the last few years. They look like really good things on the weekend. What about this one? Who do you think? Yeah, you're right. Um, contrasting styles, and but they say styles make fights. And this one is, is enthralling. Um, you've got the... The, the juggernaut, which is the storm, um, and just uh, everything they do is is calculated and precision, precision, precision personified. There you go, I got it out. Um, <laughs> they, they, I agree with what something you said earlier. Uh, Cooper Cronk's form, albeit he got the man of the match in the game against the yeah, Roosters. I think that may um, have had a bit to do with Smith. Mitigating circumstances surrounding that with uh, Cameron Smith. Yeah. Uh, Rumoured not to have wanted to have the chat to Channel 9 because I think he was the best on the ground by far. But, um, look, I, look, this might sound funny, but it all depends on the fitness of one player for the Storm, for me, whether they, they get the victory or not. And I think Cora Beatty? Cora Beatty, yeah. yeah. I, you, need, you need outstanding blokes on the wing who are dead-set try-scorers. You know, Paramount's got one in Red Radra. Um, Cora Beatty has been the X-factor for the Storm. He plays. Uh, they, look, they look so much... In fact, they look 12 points better if he plays on that wing. Um, but uh, a laceration to the Achilles, I'm not sure how bad it is or and, and how much training he's been doing at the, at the moment. As of uh, Tuesday, I know he was 50-50 to play. Uh, that might get better as the week progresses. But 
you got the Cowboys, when you think that... You kind of think it's the year of Thurston, don't you, when you think that he's going to uh, pick up his fourth Bally um, and, and break records there. He's, he's breaking records with the, the Players Association being uh, another record for Player of the Year for them. Um, and all of a sudden, Tom Lola woke up last week. Um, Matt Scott woke up and... and when them two blokes wake up and go forward, um, they're very hard to stop on the back of Thurston. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know who's going to win this. I love I love Cameron Munster for the Storm. I think he can he can play, and he's dead, he's honestly a, a, a really really good first grade player. If I had to make a, a selection, um, and I will, I won't sit on the fence. I'm leaning towards the Cowboys um, purely for the Thurston factor. Mate, I can't blame you there, and I kind of agree with you in the Corribetti that more than anything these days, your wingers are an extra forward, and the way he carries the football in the first minute or the 80th minute when he takes carries coming out of yardage, um, I wouldn't like to tackle him because dead set, that bloke, I call him Psycho, that's my nickname for him. Every, every time he runs the football and I watch a Storm game, I'm screaming, you go Psycho at the TV because he just looks like he's broke out of a home and if there was anyone in front of him, he's going to run over the top of him. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be trying to chase him if he oh. broke out of some home and he's after. But he's, a, he's just a player who's got an X-Factor and everyone needs one. You know, we mentioned the Roosters a minute ago and, and they've got scoring progress all over, the, all over the field, but the Storm held them in, in the first uh, in the first semi-finals at 18 points and, and they yeah. were 20. So, like, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking about that performance when the Storm beat the Roosters and think, well, wow, that's that wasn't really what I saw coming, especially yeah. on the Roosters' home deck. Um, uh, so, look, I could never discount the Storm, especially with their forward pack. They're, you know, yeah. Savage and, and if Jordan McLean plays, um, like, he's another big body. Proctor and Tahu Harris and Hinchcliffe arguably with the best back three in the comp. Um, then you've got, you know, the likes of the underrated Kane Linnett from um, the Cowboys who's just doing his job, Justin O'Neill in the centres and Winterstein who can get out of the line as well. So it's a, it is. It's a very much a game of contrast. You've got a, a defensive juggernaut in, in the storm who, um, let's face it, they do everything best. And if it's if it's wrestling or if it's hitting the ball at speed or if it's kicking um, or if it's only half play, the storm under Bellamy and, and Cameron Smith do it best. If, jo- if Jonathan Thurston... Um, doesn't click, uh, the Cowboys won't win. That's basically it's, that's the summary of the whole game. If it's first and to win um, on the back of his, his big pigs, and if they don't go forward, they won't win. But yeah. um, look, at the fact that it's in Melbourne, that's the X factor as well. I think, but I think I think it's the year of JT. I think he's gonna. I think he'll probably win the comp if they get there, and he'll be um, he'll be our next immortal. I, I think when they had this argument during the week, I think him and Smith are top of the pile. Um, people mention Cronk. I don't think Cronk will quite get there. Slater, I could justify for the fact that he's probably changed the way fullbacks played, and there's Darren Lockyer. But my opinion on this game is I watched the Roosters week one, and I did not know why they came to the middle. If you're going to come to the middle of Melbourne, you've got to push in numbers, be willing to yep. tip the football on, and try and keep the you know the ruck broken down. But the only time they had success, and most teams do, is when you shift the football on Melbourne. Melbourne play up and in. They like you to, to draw you to the middle of the field, but when they played the edges, especially Jennings' side of the field, um, they had success. So I'm looking at the Cowboys and thinking, if Scott, Tamalolo, Tamau can lay that platform again and they shift the ball early and chance their arm, that's the way you beat Melbourne. You don't let Melbourne settle things down, make it slow. Um, you know They'll look to kick early in particular as well on the fourth and turn them around, just try and absolutely drag it uh, into an absolute dogfight. So as much as it pains me to say, I'm going to go the Cowboys in this one, and I also do that too. Hey, hey, hey. 
right? Mate, you have to hear my theory, though. Every time I've tipped against Melbourne, they win, too, so... <laughs> There's also a point. You're kind of like Fonzie. Fonzie could never say he was wrong. I never thought I'd hear you tip against the Storm. That's uh, that's that must be a full moon tonight because um, there, there you go. You've heard the oh. on the fifth and last podcast. The first and probably only time that uh, Lewis Shepard will t- tip against his beloved Melbourne Storm. Mate, what I saw last week was ominous. It was scary. I love Melbourne. Uh, I think they've done fantastic to get this point, and even being at home, everything seems to be leaning in our favour. What I saw from the Cowboys, I'm kind of with you. I'm a bit of a destiny man. Um, I think this is Thurston's year, so. I see them going through to play the Roosters. You've got the Broncos and the Cowboys and all Brisbane affair, I suppose, yep. mate. Uh, if you've got a couple of minutes again next week, we'll have a quick chat before the grand final and see what uh, you know our opinions and how things have turned out over the weekend's games. I think uh, I'd love to do that. And we might have been uh, up some awards from the season just uh, just played, eh? Yeah, well, I think I've got our predictions from the start of the year and some bits and pieces, but oh, I might have to bust a couple of those out because there was a few ordinary ones. I didn't even have the Broncos in the eight, so that's a good start. I, I, well, I think I didn't have the Storm in the eight, so we're both guilty of... Uh, and Broncos, I'm not sure what I had. I think I had I think I had the Warriors in the grand final with maybe the Cowboys or something. I don't know. But anyway, let's see when you break up open the vault next week. Well, there it is, people. Some quick-fire questions from the man from the Riff. You can listen to him, 104.9 Triple M's Grill Team, Monday to Friday. Thanks a lot, MG. And I look forward to sharing a brew or a gym session with you soon, Sharp. Anytime, brother. Love you. No worries, mate. Have a good one. See you, Chef. And as promised last week, we've had MG, we've got the thoughts of a former great and current media personality, and now we've got joining us Paul Vaughan from the Canberra Raiders, a former teammate, a good egg and a decent front rower. How you going, Champ? <laughs> yeah, good, thanks, mate. How are you? Mate, I'm not doing too bad. Not as good as you, playing golf and hanging out during the day. But Yeah, mate, it's a, it's a good life at the moment. Um, I'm, uh, I'm not the best golfer, but uh, I'll give it a red-hot crack, so... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's good to sort of get away from footy and uh, relax a little bit. I bet it is, mate, and heading off to uh, Europe in your downtime. Yeah, yep, um, heading over to, to Europe with the missus uh, next week on the Monday, so going over there for about four weeks and really looking forward to that. Uh, again, getting away from footy and uh, clearing the mind and, um, you know, just resting the body. <laughs> it's a uh, uh, much-needed rest as well. I'm starting to fall apart, so, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> very, very exciting. Welcome to the club, brother. Welcome to the club. Falling apart. <laughs> it's a really good time. But uh, yourself, mate, you're obviously a Canberra junior. Just touching on your background first. You come through all the grades. Uh, you played in the NYC, 10 and 11. Uh, obviously, 2012 there. You moved up to the first grade squad, played New South Wales Cup, and uh, you made the team of the year and played some residents. And ever since then, the last three years, 65 games. You've played a couple of times for Italy and two country yep. appearances. It's been... Uh, a, a decent rise for yourself and one that you've worked hard for, especially um, from the first time I met you, you had that brutal leg break uh, when I got there. Yeah. And, you know, that, that uh, really knocked you about, didn't it? Yeah, no, it's... Um, it's I can't say it's been the easiest road, but, um, you know, it's uh, it's obviously what I've always wanted to do is um, play first-grade footy, and um, I'm very privileged to to, uh, to be doing that now for a living. And, um, yeah, like you said, I... Um, I was. Uh, I think the best thing for me was um, was going to New South Wales Cup and um, coming out of twenties. I, I probably wasn't, you know, I probably wasn't one of the best players, but um, I sort of yeah hung in there at New South Wales Cup and um, you know it's a good competition and it's 
it's good for young front rowers to come out of there and, and play against men and, um, you know, really sort of um, test yourself and, um, you know, get that um, get that experience. So, uh, yeah, very happy to, to, to be playing first grade here in, uh, in Canberra where I grew up and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great honour. 100% mate and like you said I think you're a prime example along with Matt Moylan as a reason why we need a pathway uh, obviously after 20s but more in particular for our forwards they need somewhere to go so we don't lose them because uh, us yeah. bigger boys we definitely do take a little bit more time to develop but you've yeah. also uh, been or well, you got named but obviously had to pull out like you said because you got a few niggles and injuries in the PM's 13 so I grant that uh, I bet that was a great rap um, obviously like I said after a nice rise the last few years getting to taste some rep football yeah, that's no, good. I um, well, I, I, I do take um, you know, I, I, um, I, I do. Uh, it, it's it's a big honour for for me to to play in the country games, and um, I've done that a couple of times. I'm yeah, like, like I said, I'm really stoked to and honoured to play in those games, and um, I was very excited to be named in the um, PM13 game, and um, unfortunately, I I couldn't uh, take part in that game. I, I had to get some surgery. Um, on my leg, which was uh, which was going back from what you said was um, was was the break of 2009. So I'm happy that I got that cleared up now. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, very, very stoked to, uh, to to get named that team. I bet, mate. That's outstanding. Uh, this year, just quickly touching on that. Obviously, a bit of an up and down year. I, I look at it and I think at the start of the year they were talking about you blokes being the wooden spooners. Um, you know, there was there was no real sign of the spine. We didn't know how Jackie Whiten was going to be at fullback. No one really knew anything about Hodgson. Though he obviously played for England. Uh, no one knew who was going to play Blake uh, partner Blake Austin. And obviously, people probably didn't expect him to kick on from last year. But uh, by the end yep. of the year, I don't know about you, but did you feel disappointed? Obviously, seeing things come together so well, that you guys did miss out on the eight. Yeah, it was a little bit frustrating to be honest, Shepo. Um I think we we had a lot of. Um, close games in, in the year that, that we lost by um, very small margins and um, you know it is very frustrating because if, if you think that you know if, you, if we just learn to finish those games a little bit better that we would be in the finals and I'm um, still possibly playing footy now so um, you know in saying that though the the, the boys have um, you know we put in really good effort this year and it's such a such a massive step from where we were last year um, you know I'm, I'm, I'm sure um, everyone understands that we weren't you know, we were at a rebuilding stage last year, and um, this year is is, is definitely a, a massive improvement. And the, and the club's on the rise and going in a in a great position. Um, yeah, in, in a great position now moving forward. So, um, you know, it's just something we can build on in the preseason, and um, we do have those we do have that expectation on, on ourselves to make uh, the top eight, and you know, you know, if, if not better, the top four. So, uh, you know, I think we've got the team to do that. We've got a couple of great recruits coming next year. Or, and um, I think we're, we're yeah we're going to be in a, in a good position. I couldn't agree with you anymore. And some of those games, obviously the Dragons won twenty two twenty. You guys had yeah. the Storm, Dogs drew an Origin. Cowboys got two over your poor buggers. They got the field goal and the lead. Yeah. Um, the Sharks field goal. So many. If you cut them in half, I've got them here. There's eight games within two points that you had a lead. If you cut that in half, you guys would have been on thirty two points and finished equal fourth with Melbourne uh, and the Bulldogs. But Irrespective yeah. of that, I, I look at it from your perspective. I'm sure by the end of the year, a lot of people looked and thought, oh, they should be in the eight. But um, for all, all the criticism that Canberra cops, and I know from when I, my time down there, 
Uh, there's almost, oh, I, I don't want to say it too harshly, but I'm sure you probably agree with me, almost a lack of respect um, from the time that we were down there. You're almost forgotten about. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's sort of, uh, we don't talk about it a lot, but it, it sort of comes up a little bit. And, um, you know, we we want to strive off that. We want to, um, you know, people don't give us the respect that we deserve. And, um, you know, it's, the boys know it down here. And to, to be honest, like, we just sort of, we want to use that and, um, to, to, to go in our favour and, uh, yeah, we are the underdogs, and yeah, a lot of pe- a lot of um, teams don't respect us and stuff. But um, you know, we we've got to earn that. Um, at the same time, we're saying that we um, last couple of years we haven't been playing that well. We haven't deserved that respect. But I think that's something that we're building on, and um, something that we uh, we should strive on as well um, to to get that respect back and, and to become a powerhouse again. So. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting times and we've got a lot to work on. Mate, I couldn't agree more and I must say, I think this year in particular, you've started to bring that relevance back. Canberra is starting to go on the map and get the, the respect it does deserve. And next year, obviously, uh, you've got a solid-looking spine now and a great recruit in particular in Aiden Caesar. Yourself and Boydie had really good years. Josh Papali, uh, the best kind of came out of him under Ricky. Yeah. Leilua, we didn't see the best of. That was a bit of an awkward move after missing some football, but um, all areas looked pretty good, and obviously Mounties finished first in um, the New South yeah. Wales Cup. So a, a, a big difference to the time when I was there, and obviously your first couple of years now in first grade, where depth was an issue and key players, yep. um, things definitely are on the up. So uh, I'm with you. I think there's nothing but positives ahead, and hopefully Canberra do find themselves a force in the top eight or even the top four over the next couple of seasons. But we move on to that thing that you were talking about: finals football. There's four teams remaining. Uh, the Roosters, you played once this year. Broncos once. Melbourne once. You played the Cowboys twice. I don't want to yep. rehash it again. You didn't beat any of these sides. But um, <laughs> if you can re- recollect any of these games, mate, who do you think out of these four will win the competition and why? Um, I think it's, it's, it's hard to go past the Chooks. They're, um, they're playing some... I think, personally, I think they're playing some pretty good footy as well. Um, Cowboys are always a uh, very tough team to play because their full pack's just unbelievable and uh, they're running off the back of um, JT and um, Lachlan Coots playing really good footy as well at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a hard one to pick, but, um, you know, like you said, we, we haven't beat any of those teams that, uh, this year, but I'm sure we would have liked to and uh, be in the position that they are in, but, um, you know, that's, that's not the case. But, um, yeah, I think um, I think the Chooks are, are, are definitely the pick. I, I really like them at the moment. I think, um, yeah, they're playing some really, really good footy. Alrighty, so this weekend then, Broncos versus the Chookies, mate. I look at this one, uh, I look at the Broncos, I think they concede a lot of yards, and but they're very, very good on their line, so they obviously make up for that one. But I think the key on yeah. with you that the, is the Roosters win, and I think the Roosters win from their bench and from their starting forwards, but in particular the bench, because let's be honest, a lot of those guys would start in most other sides. The depth they have in that area is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. The, I think the biggest thing nowadays in uh, in first grade is you, you've, you've got to have a really strong bench, and um, you know the, you've, you've got to continue the, the platform that the starting front rowers, um, you know, the, the platform that they create, and um, it's always good to sort of change the change the uh, the tempo of the game when you have um, quality quality players coming off the bench, and I think that's definitely the way the game's heading. So, Chookies uh, have that, and um, as, as do the Broncos, but I think. Um, yeah, if, if, if I was going to go one, uh, one way, I'd, I'd definitely go Chooks. I'm with you there, mate. So we've both got the Chookies in the grand final. The other side, it's a clash of styles. It's the Storm versus the Cowboys. I was down there 
staying with you the weekend. You played the Storm. Prime conditions for them. It got wet at half time. Uh, they grinded away. They found a way to win. Uh, the Cowboys, you had a good lead, but they did what they've done to a lot of teams this year. They've somehow clawed their way back, scored some ridiculous tries, and the other time they kicked a field goal. Um, as much as it pains me to say, I think the Cowboys have too much momentum. The one-two punch once Matt Scott laid the platform for Tamalola to come off the back of it was just absolutely yeah. ridiculous. And the fact that Michael Morgan's back and he looked in good nick last week uh, releases JT because the last time Melbourne played, there was no Morgan, and that is through a blanket on Thurston, which, um, being a Melbourne fan, everyone did that to Melbourne last year when Cronk didn't have a halves partner. Uh, they basically yeah. just followed wherever he was and put an extra man. So I'm going the Cowboys in that one, but what do you think about the Storm Cowboys game? Yeah, I think um, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same as you, mate. I, I definitely think the the Cowboys get over them. Just their, again, their fall pack is just is world class, mate. Um, you know, Scott, um, Tarmow and uh, Pamelolo there. And very underrated really is Ethan Lowe, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, they're, they're, they're really hard dudes to, to contain. Like, they're just absolute powerhouses, man. Like, they're, they're, they're something else. So, as well as um, JT, you know, he's obviously a freak, the world's best player. And, um, you know, I think... I think it's been a long time coming. The Cowboys made the grand final. I think they will this weekend. Yeah, well, we had MG on earlier, and I think we're all kind of on the same page here. In football, we get this feeling. I'm sure you've had it in this season. I had it a couple of years in junior football. Sometimes you almost feel like you're the team of destiny, and um, I kind of get an eerie feeling that there's just something going to fall into place for once with the Cowboys and Thurston this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope so. Um, you know, it's just, I, I hope he does get the uh, you know the, the, the premiership he does, he does deserve. So. Um, you know, all, all the best of the teams playing this weekend, and uh, it's going to be a great round of footy. Well, there it is, mate. But because you're going to be in Europe and you're not going to be here, if it is Roosters Cowboys, do you get the feeling that this is the year for Jonathan Thurston? Do you think the Cowboys uh, will win if they do make the grand final? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think they're. Um, oh, I can't really say they're a sure thing, but um, you know, I, I, I think that um, if they do make the grand final, then um, JT will get them home. But there you have it, folks. We've heard it from MG. He's got the Broncos. And the Cowboys, we're obviously going to have him on next week. Vaughn, he's come on this week before he heads off on his holidays. Played some golf today and had a good time. You lucky bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, mate, super proud of you. Um, For anyone out there, if you've watched some games, you've seen this bloke. He's a fantastic footballer. But let me tell you, he's an even better bloke. Uh, He's worked his backside off. He had some bad injuries, but he's fought through. Um, He's forging an absolutely fantastic path. And I'm sure, mate, there's more rep football to come. Um, you know, besides the country stuff and the Pam's Eleven stuff in the in the next few years, if you keep heading on the same path. So, last question yeah, on a bit God. of a lighter note: Who would win between me and you now if we played Tiger Woods or any other PlayStation Four game? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you know, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a gamer, but um, I, don't, I don't come close to you, mate. <laughs> I yeah. think we've uh, the days of uh, playing FIFA when you were bloody uh, City FC and I was Barcelona around. Yeah. <laughs> He's beat my ten goals. I think that's still the case. Yeah, so I'll, uh, I'll, um, yeah, I'll hand that crown over to you, mate, and um, I'll, I'll keep practicing. Yeah, well, that's about the only thing I've got for anybody out there. I'm just trying to get some props because obviously I was never going to be a first grader. But yeah, I'm good at PlayStation Four, right? So, and I've got one more question. Only, only one more question, and this one would really surprise me. Is there anyone that is as football obsessed as me, or talks more than me, still at Canberra? <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance? Oh, that's that's a scary thought. I really did leave an impact then, didn't I? I must have scared a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I thank you for coming on the show. 
enjoy the off season and your holiday. And I'm, I'm with you. I think next year, bigger and better things. You had an emergence of a spine this year. Yourself and Boydie, fantastic in the forwards along there with Soliola, Mitch Barnett coming through a good bench uh, and a nice back line as well as some depth developing. So I've got my fingers crossed next year that you guys finally play finals football. But um, thanks again, buddy, and enjoy your trip. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on it. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Cheers, no, no worries, buddy. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. It's everybody's favourite. It's Mr. Gossip. <laughs> How we going, Chad? Oh mate, uh, a bit wacky, a bit wacky, bit of a bit of a wild afternoon. Or I had to rush home from work and get MG on before he had to have a painter over, and then I quickly went to the gym and then had to get Vaughny on around his game of golf. You know the hard life of being a first grade footballer and uh, <laughs> packing for a trip to Europe, and then just before I was about to ring you on time, I had to quickly duck into work, and now I'm back home again. So it's been a bit manic this Arvo. Hell, mate, you're here, there, and everywhere. Oh, I am. I'm hopefully going to be sitting in this chair for the rest of the night. But how about yourself, champ? What's happening? Oh, not much, mate. It's um, getting to the business end of the season now, so it's, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but wow, it's just it's, it really has flown this year. I, I can't believe how quick it's gone. Um, I'm very disappointed, to be honest. I've loved it, and the finals in particular, I think, have been fantastic. Uh, despite the blowouts, just the, the quality of football that the Cowboys and the Roosters played, but. Uh, I get sadder and sadder as it gets closer. I'm still nervous because Melbourne are in, but I just get sadder knowing it's about to end. <laughs> well, I, I guess, look, it's, it's um, the four teams that remain uh, are definitely the four best that we've seen this year. Usually, you know, some, but it's definitely the four best teams uh, going out this weekend. And, um, yeah, I think it's the punters. I, mean, I, I, I don't know who to tip later on in the podcast when we have to do our tips. I have no idea. Well, I said to MJ, I think it's a fair assessment that last weekend's uh, results were a reflection of this year, that particularly the Cowboys, the Broncos and the Roosters were so far ahead of everybody for so long. The Dogs were so inconsistent all year. The Sharks may have went on that little streak, but they just don't have points in them. And to be, let's be honest, like those good sides, they don't burn themselves out during the year. They don't put in 110%. But when finals comes, you see who the true contenders are. And last week... Um, that showed the difference in the standard of, in particular, those top three sides and the rest of the comp. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, and it's it's good to see that the, the final system is currently working. Those that want that uh, stupid McIntyre system back can go jump because um, yeah, I think the system we've got now is much better than what we've had in previous years. It just goes to show uh, with who's remaining, really. Yeah, 100%. Mate, uh, usually not too much gossip this year, but you said you got a few bits and pieces this week. Yeah, a few bits and pieces. We'll start off with, with Parramatta. Um, look, uh, Reese Robinson, look, he's not getting any younger. He's 28, but uh, he's still got a few years up his sleeve, I would think. But it appears he's off to uh, the Waratahs for rugby. So um, I know he's a very popular Parramatta fan, so it'd be uh, not good news for them. Yeah, well, he, he arrived at the same time I did at Canberra from Brisbane, a very quiet, uh, a bit of a mysterious bloke. But I tell you what, he can move when he... When he finds a bit of open space, I didn't think he had too bad a year, to be honest. Like, let, let's face it, they, they didn't have a great year as a whole, but some of the games he played in, some of the tries he scored, um, he, he's, he's solid, if anything. Like, he's he's not brilliant, he, but he's definitely not a poor first grader. He's a solid first grader. So, uh, Rugby Union, oh, this, that one kind of confuses me, maybe on the wing. Uh, obviously, they got Falao, so he won't be playing fullback. Yeah, that's... Um... 
it'll be an interesting one. But uh, we lose another one to rugby. But you know, it's uh, I guess you've got to go where the cash is, especially twenty eight. Oh, yeah, at, at this point in time, you, you can't blame a bloke. And same as these young blokes that were disappointed to lose to the Super League. If if that's what you're going to do to make ends meet and keep doing rugby league as a career, you can't hold it against them. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, mate, moving up to the Gold Coast. And, uh, look, Titans winger Kevin Flash Gordon, it's a bit of a shock to some, but he's uh, he wants to retire. He's still got another contract up his sleeve, um, I believe around 300000 250000 for his final year of his contract. But... He's asked for a release to retire. Um, look, he's 25 years old, only young. Um, 118 NRL appearances. Uh, but he's <clears throat> copped an injury this year with his knee that's sort of been on and off throughout his career. And I don't think he's uh, gotten well with Neil Henry at all. Um, he hasn't played many games at all under Neil Henry. So um, whilst it's surprising, you um, just hear your thoughts on it, mate. Yeah, I think with the injuries, and I agree definitely with what you said, uh, he basically got canned straight away this year by Neil Henry. Only got opportunities late in the year uh, once they had some injuries, and he didn't show too bad a form for Burley. But, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of both. He's probably not enjoying as much, and he'd probably have to uproot himself where he's been his whole career and set up again, which I know costs a lot of money. So I'm sure, I think I read today what you were talking about, that he's looking for a part payout, not the whole contract but a piece of that contract and he'd be happy uh, to leave right now so yeah I, I can't really blame him if he's got injuries and he's not happy no and if he's going to retire at 25 I'm, I'm very very jealous <laughs> yeah I'll bet so he's definitely going to have to do a bit more after football but yeah the Gold Coast yeah, at 25 um, after a couple of years on probably good coins not a bad way to be going out yeah for sure it's a, it's a great way to start your adult life anyway 100% mate 100% all right, moving on to South. Now, this has been in the papers for the past week. South is denying it, but I can tell you it's definitely true. Uh, South is very, very keen on Martin to power. Um, Martin does not get on with Jason Taylor, despite what Jason Taylor has been telling the papers. Um, I can't see the topic of the league power as a massive talent, but the Rabbitohs is very, very keen. Um, you there, Gossip? Sorry, mate, we just lost you for a bit there. So, what was that, Martin Tapao uh, and the Rabbitohs? Yeah, Martin Tapao, um, definitely wanted by the Rabbitohs. Um, Tapao does not get on with Jason Taylor at all, but I, I can't see the Tigers uh, releasing Tapao. But look, Rabbitohs are very, very keen, and we saw this year that they definitely missed sort of Sam Burgess and that, that wrecking ball sort of style of player here. So, it'll be very interesting, more so towards the end of next year yeah that doesn't surprise me that can definitely see a clash of personalities there and you've hit the nail on the head they do need uh, a power forward I still couldn't believe last year they let Sims go when they were in negotiations with him and Grant I would have taken Sims over Grant any day but um, Greves Mill is definitely an answer on one edge I think they need a tough running back row but if they could get tap out in there at lock or in back row with the Burgesses that would be a decent upgrade compared to what they had this year with Dave Tyrrell, Jason Clark, a couple of smaller guys, and obviously Sutton and Stewart, who are ball-playing back rows. They're not guys that are going to uh, run a dirty line or make a real impact on a game. Yeah, exactly. And that brings me to, to my next one on the list, and that's Tim Grant. Uh, South Sydney want him out. He hasn't been the sign they were hoping for. And let's be honest, uh, Timmy probably hasn't played um, a decent stretch of football probably since 2012 when he played for New South Wales. He's been very disappointing. Tim, I know he's had some injuries, but 
really hasn't lived up to the hype that um, that he came to the Bunnies with. But Parramatta are very keen. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the Will Hopewadi situation with Parramatta. But uh, Timmy Grant is definitely on the outer with the Rabbitohs. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, I've got a little bit of insider mail that that is very close to being resolved, the Hopewadi uh, situation. But yeah, Timmy Grant. Um, to the Eels. Again, I, I think Arthur's a good coach, but he's made some strange signings, and even some of the fringe signings worry me a little bit, but I, I wouldn't be touching Tim Green if I was Parramatta. That's that's the last thing that they... Only if um, they were getting a ridiculously discounted rate, but yeah, otherwise I wouldn't be going near him. I think they got plenty of good young forwards, and um, I thought pretty much they already overstretched going Watmow and Scott, taking two starting spots that are both older blokes already. Yeah, exactly. You, you, don't, you don't want an aging pack, but it seems to be Parramatta's trend. Over the years, I don't like an aging pack. But, um... Yeah, well, they signed Fayoso this year, even without that insurance setup, whatever, and he basically didn't play. And um, Paulie, Paulie, Junior Paula, there was a, there's a lot of young guys there, Tepai, Moroa, and then you bring in Scott um, and, and Watmau, who are going to take two of those spots. So Moroa probably gets pushed out because Mahu's there as well, who's a good player. So um, a lot of these young blokes are still going to be biding their time on the bench. They definitely don't need to keep buying older, uh, older forwards, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, mate, the last one of the night. and um, Fairly surprising, but uh, look, the Bulldogs have started uh, talks with Sandar Earl, which is surprising to me. Um, I don't, I was never a big fan of Sandar Earl. Never, I don't think the NRL misses Sandar Earl at all, to be honest. I don't think he was much of a talent, to be honest. Um, but look, the Bulldogs are talking to him. Um, that's if he's allowed back in the NRL, of course. And so it seems to be a long process ongoing, but. Um, Bit of a strange run, I think, anyway. Yeah, I watched the New South Wales Cup side a couple of years. He had a couple of good games in grade, more particularly the time he was in Canberra outside Ferguson. But, um, yeah, he's a pretty stock standard guy, a bit up and down, cup player, NRL player, a bit in between. So, if anything, I think it's only a depth signing. That's about it. So, um, I couldn't hold it against him. But, yeah, I can't see him probably cracking a start there, um, obviously, with the side they've got at the moment, especially... If they do keep Parrott, you'd imagine they'd have him and obviously Rona, who had a fantastic year, equaled the, the tri-square record, so he'd only be depth, I think. It's uh, be very strange to see Sander on the wing for the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are like their short, fat little wingers and a tall, not a tall winger. But, um, <laughs> he'd look a, bit out of, look, a, look a bit out of whack. Yeah, in the land of the Giants, he definitely would. <laughs> Alrighty, mate, so that wraps up all the gossip. Well, last week uh, you got one and I got two, so we're at a bit of a me- we're at a bit of a Mexican standoff now. I will tell you this: we will be tipping all three on Grand Final day, so there's still a possible five points here. Um, so we're still on like Donkey Kong. You've got twenties NRL Cup and two games this week, starting off Friday night um, with the Broncos and Sydney game, and Saturday we've just got Melbourne Cowboys. With these games, you will have odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. William Hill, it's your choice. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Keep your eyes posted for our Pick the Score competitions that we put up on the NRL Gossip page for your chance to win a $100 free bet thanks to William Hill. But Friday night, Broncos, Roosters, Suncorp Stadium, 8 p.m. kickoff. Uh, I've looked at this one. I've dwelled over it. I think the Broncos are better for the rest, but I still look at the bench of the Roosters, and I watched last time when they lost Maria Hargraves. They lost Pierce. Uh, and the Roosters found a way to win, even after they blew a bunch of chances, much like they did last week. So I'm banking that this week they will finally put together more than 40 or 50 minutes of football. Uh, I think they'll finally put together a close to a full game, and I think their bench and their forward pack will get them over the Broncos. 
Yeah, wow. Well, I'm, I'm, as I said earlier in the podcast, it's, it's a hard one to pick. It really is. So, um, in that case, I've got to get the home team. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one, though. It's, um, it'll be it'll be a cracker. Um, who do you like for your first try scorer, mate? In this one, I heard a trend the other day that 80 percent of the tries this year get scored by the left side winger. Nice. Um, that kind of blows my mind, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, this one, if it was going to be, say, a Roosters player, I'd like the left edge again, either Tupo or Jennings. But I'm, I'm a fiend for a back rower try, so uh, it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Cordner or Guerra got over. And on the Broncos side of things, um, it'd probably be Kahu on one edge or, uh, yeah, probably probably someone, again, like a back row, maybe someone like Semi Thido or something. Yeah, I'll... I'm- might have a little bit of juice on Sam's side, I think. Yeah, I don't blame you. The back row trying a final doesn't really surprise me. They're usually those tougher games where you do find them crashing over. But the bookies at William Hill, they've gone the Roosters as the favourites. They're $1.75, $2.10 about the Brisbane Broncos. Minus two is the line in this one. Uh, $1 to 12 for the Roosters, $2.90, $3.21 to 12 for the Broncos. 13 plus, $5.25. Um, you got 13 plus for the Roosters, four dollars, and the over/under for the game, which I find an interesting market because they're both fantastic defensively, is 36 and a half points. So we move on to the second game. It is the Melbourne Storm versus the North Queensland Cowboys, a clash of styles. As much as it pains me to say it, uh, Glasby will play, and I know McLean will, but they both got bumps, and they reckon that Tonema Pay and Mahe shared the wing duties earlier in the week, and Corey Beardy looked awful, so I know it's hard to place such a value on a winger, but it's more the yardage work. The bloke almost makes 200 metres a game, and he starts our sets off. He's an absolute nutcase. He runs like a torpedo, so uh, the, the Cowboys were a bit ominous last week for me. I know it's in Melbourne, and pretty much everything stacks up nicely, but on the flip side of that, we also know every time I tip against Melbourne, they usually prove me wrong. So <laughs> I am going to go to the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I'm predicting a, a, a Bennett grand final with Bellamy. Um, I think the Storm can do it. Forget what happened last week with the Sharks. The Sharks are disgusting. Um, they just didn't turn up at all. Cowboys were at home. This will be completely different. I think the Storm will get them. I think it'll be a low-scoring affair. Um, yeah, Bellamy-Bennett grand final. Mate, I really hope you're right, but as we know, this is my hoodoo. I always tip against Melbourne in these kind of situations, and it usually works out. So I'm praying for one more. Allah, Jesus, Oprah, Tom Cruise, whoever's listening, any mighty powers out there, any any, any beings, just let Lewis go to one more grand final with Melbourne in it. Because I'm sure once these guys leave and Bellamy retires, I'm probably going to be like a para fan for the next 30, 40 years, just suffering. Oh, Christ. <laughs> But the bookies, again, the home side is the outsider. The Cowboys are favourites down there, $1.75, the exact same odds, $2.10 for Melbourne. Minus two is the line again. Melbourne, uh, $3.21 to $12. $2.91 to $12 the Cowboys. 13 plus, $5.25 Melbourne. $4 Cowboys. I, I'm with you. I don't think that one gets there. The over-under of 36.5, I think, is under again. This game, probably very, very tightly contested. Um, but there it is. That's all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. So if you're going to have a bet on the finals this week or any other time on any other sports, the EPL, all these kinds of things, make sure you do it with WilliamHill.com. Gossip. We've gone both different here, mate. This, this is a big, this is a huge turning point. This could officially put it to bed. Yeah, it's down I've got to say, I, I think I would have tipped the Roosters if uh, Pierce 
didn't play, and that's no disrespect to Pierce, but um, you know, I just thought Hastings, his short kicking game, I think it was really good. He's got, he's got a bit of an X factor about his game. With Mitchell Pierce, you, you know, what you see is what you get. I think um, that would have been better to have Hastings, and I mean, who knows if, if Pierce is really 100% and he's been away for a couple of weeks. It's not that easy just to return back to a, a major semi, you know what I mean? So. And I'm with uh, you. I, I asked this question to Brock and a lot of people, and I'm always about health. I, I I haven't had a hamstring injury per se, but my first knee reconstruction when I was still a junior down here at Penrith, I had a hamstring graft, and I had issues with even that afterwards. It, it is not a muscle that responds kindly um, to any kind of loading. It's not something that weights or kind of heavy-duty rehab can fix. Like you do your knee, you rebuild the muscles, you kind of work on the strength, but a hamstring... Uh, completely different kettle of fish. It's a very, very sensitive issue. Yeah, I would think you know it'd be hard enough coming back to a regular club game, let alone a, a grand final qualifier. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I can't sit the roosters uh, on that. Um, and yeah, well, Hastings, he, he's 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 blown me away the past couple of weeks. He, I think he got the roosters home personally last weekend. Friday. He was very good, um, and then I think the week before he was good in that game, and I think Maloney kind of blew it. M- Maloney tried to overplay his hand, and um, Hastings' touches were as you'd expect them to be. Anytime he did get a touch, he made the correct decision, or he just did the right things with the football. He didn't overplay his hand. So, um, looking at the futures market here, the Roosters still are the favourites with William Hill. They're two dollars eighty-five. The Cowboys, they're three dollars fifty. The Broncos, three ninety. Melbourne, the outsiders of these four teams to win the comp at four seventy-five. So. If you had to pick right now, champion, before these games, who would you say wins the comp? Uh, who wins the comp? I'm going to go the Broncos. Yeah, well, there you go. Them and Melbourne are the outsiders compared to the other two. They're $3.90. So uh, I found it a bit strange that the two teams that got the week off, I know they don't have the momentum, but the two teams that got the week off to be the outsiders at home in both games and in the futures betting. Mm, 2006 grand final replay. Yeah, oh, that'd be brilliant. I was heartbroken that night, and they made up for it the year after. Um, but, yeah, and then I found out all those titles were frauded, so <laughs> that was outstanding. Premierships, they call them out, they? Yeah, it did not win. D&W is on the title, but they made up for it in 2012, but I could do with one more. It'd be very, very nice to see one more. Um, I'd probably have to go to the Cowboys from what I've seen, but I really do help I get a Cinderella story from the Melbourne Storm, but... That wraps us up, mate. This could potentially end up this week. If not, we might be heading into sudden death next week with the three games to see if there is some way you can pull this tipping comp from the fire. But thank you for your gossip. <laughs> thank you for the tips. Thank you to WilliamHill.com for the odds. Keep your eyes on those Pick the Score competitions on the NRL Gossip page. And if you've got any questions for Gossip, his Twitter handle is at NRL Gossip and the Facebook page is on our page as links for it. And obviously, just head up to the search bar and type in NRL Gossip. Two weeks left, champion. Get some beers, India. Watch the football. It's good times. Yeah. Will do, mate. Gather storm. Oh, I bloody hope so. <laughs> See you, champion. See you, buddy. And now I'm joined by Boxhead. Hello, champion. It's been a long day, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm over it. It's been a long day without I hit a water pipe last night at home, so I had that to deal with. And then, yeah, school holidays. I tell you, I do, I do uh, less work at school than what I do at home. So. <laughs> uh, well, we're both under the pump. 
we're both under the pump. I am pretty much the same. We're getting sold, so there's not a lot doing, but I'm doing my capstone to get my trade. So I'm being absolutely head smashed every day now with maths and science and a bunch of things that I don't remember from three years ago. So that's fun. Um, and then today, yeah, Jim and got called into work and I've had MG, Vaughny, Gossip, everyone to work around the phone. So it's almost nine o'clock now. And we're just sitting down to do our normal part. So don't say we don't love your listeners. We love you. That's why we put in the hard yakka. And this is all for free. Yeah, exactly. Good beans. But Fast Five champion, highlight, low light, best, worst, any questions? What was your highlight? Uh, well, the Cowboys and the Roosters going through um, was probably my highlight because, you know, I've said it for a long time now. I thought the top four was way better than the bottom four. And um, the season was pretty much... Well, I know myself, I was probably waiting for it to get to this point. Mm. Um, and I have absolutely no idea who's going to win the comp out of these four. I think all four are very legitimate chances. And I think it's the it's been the most uneven season in the fact that these top four have been so dominant. But I can't split the top four. I, I really, I could make a case for all of them. I could probably give you reasons why all four couldn't win the comp. But yeah, I can't remember a time where we've had four sides heading into a preliminary final where you couldn't at least put a red pen through one of them. Um, I'm with but you. Yeah, all, all four. I, I honestly, I have absolutely no idea who's going to win the comp, um, and I love it. I, I think the next three games are going to be sensational. I don't really care who gets to the grand final. Um, I know pre-season, I think I tipped a Roosters-Cowboys grand final. I'd love to see that, but if it was Melbourne-Brisbane, it would not worry me in the slightest. So um, any combination I'll be happy with. Well, I said the same thing last week, and I said it today, and I'm sure you would agree with the exact wording. The results last week are a true reflection of the top four, and in particular, no offence to Melbourne, but like I said, we're not biased on this show. In particular, those two games were a reflection on how dominant the top three were, and anybody out there that thinks that during the year, again, um, that teams put in 110% every week, uh, not necessarily all the like the Roosters cruise through some of you those can't. games. You can't. And, and you when can't. you come to finals, it's, when it's, it's long. yeah, and when it's crunch time though, you see the true qualities of the teams. And we saw on the weekend exactly why those top three in particular were so far apart from everybody else. Yeah, it's the same as working a job in any industry. You're going to have your good weeks, you're going to have your bad weeks. Football is no different. Yeah, so, but it's, we, well, you, um, you watch the NBA, and I've only cottoned on a little bit more over the last couple of years, but regular season, people get excited about wins over teams like the Cavaliers and, um, you know, the Spurs and bits and pieces. But come finals time, all their best players have been well-rested, got to where they need to be, and they're always the teams that are left over in the end because LeBron James... Well, it's a little bit different in the fact that they've got a seven-game series yeah. as well, but, but I, mean, I just... guess the NFL, the NFL is probably the one that we could draw a direct comparison with because... Um, you know, the regular season there is pretty... It's a lot more relevant than ours in the fact that they've only got 16 games. But Yeah, but I'm more so just talking finals time, though, like, to find that, that gear. Like, the Roosters... There was some, yeah, like, it happens in every competition. Yeah, and the Cowboys had their flat period and whatnot, but finals time, you see the absolute true qualities um, of these yeah, sides. Yeah, the Cowboys knew that they were in the top four. Like, there's reasons for all these little slumps. Yeah, like, well... You, you look at South. People were saying that South were going to go through undefeated. Ridiculous. Like, it's ridiculous. No one's ever going to go through undefeated. Ever. No, it's impossible. It's never going to happen. No way. If you put the Queensland Origin side into the NRL, they wouldn't go through undefeated. No. It's impossible. You can't do it. That's not to say that they um, 
aren't the best side. Like, they'd be clearly the best side in the comp, but you just, no one goes around undefeated. Like, you know, you, you look at it, it's junior sport. Like, you're talking little kids that have undefeated seasons. Yeah, you know? like, they're made of rubber at that point in time. They bend them. They barely. Like, well, you look at what's the last team that's gone through undefeated. Like, the Patriots almost did it. Yeah, too uh, hard. Which was unheard of, but other than that, tell me, tell me someone who's gone through, like, a at least a 16-game season undefeated at, a, at an elite level. Well, the only uh, thing like, I can and, think and of... There would be some examples, but... Yeah, but the only thing I can think of, and I don't count it completely, I'm not a soccer fan, but Arsenal went through undefeated in the Premier League, but that had draws in it. They're not losses, but they're not wins, so um, they call it the yeah. perfect season, but I still don't compare it, because obviously in our sport... Perfect, um, perfect in that they haven't had a loss. Yeah, they didn't have a loss, but there was about 10 or something plus draws. The only one I can think of otherwise is the NFL years ago. I think it was in the 70s. It was a Dolphins team that went through Miami undefeated. But, um, again, like... Yeah, but, I mean, 70s is different. Yeah, like, exactly. It wasn't elite. Nah, but that's what I'm getting when at. You, you want to talk about how rare it is in any sport or go back into history books and look at it at top-level competition. We almost, almost have to go 50 years to find an actual perfect season, probably. But Well, yeah, in, in short, the top four, I've said it all, or I've said it for at least, you know, sort of 10 weeks in, you could... You could like heading even heading into Origin post Origin. That they just stood out like dogs' balls. Yeah. And Melbourne, I never I never wrote Melbourne off. I just I sort of hit the wait and see on Melbourne with Cameron Munster. But you know, early on, I sort of thought he'd develop into what he has, and um, that's the reason why they're there. They've sort of been able to backfill the Billy Slater issues. So yeah, um, I'm feeling the good thing is, I guess you know who's he, who's who's he out for these sides. Only really worry a Hargreaves mm. and Slater. But apart from that... Josh like, Maguire for the Broncos. But again, yeah, okay. everyone's yeah, kind of lost somebody um, who's important. But out of all of them, and I said it a couple of weeks ago again, I think as much as everyone said Pierce and that, they've they just got a ridiculously deep squad. They, they've filled those gaps. And this week, potentially, Pierce is back. So, um, But yeah, you're right. Basically, every side... Definitely yeah, Every side's basically missing... One player at best. The Cowboys, you could say uh, maybe Tau Tau Monga, but even still, I think O'Neill and the back line they've no, got now. They're, they're, the only, they're the side that I look at and go, well... They're unscathed. It's time, it's time. yeah. Yeah, and well... The sign for me was their defence picked up last week. Yeah, well, we'll keep, we'll keep pressing on here. That was your highlight. My highlight was the Cowboys blitz, pretty much what we said, that uh, that reflects how dominant, especially the top three were all year. Your best, I'm sure... Was probably the Cowboys as well. Uh, my best was Matty Scott. Yeah, well, I've got my man. got Cowboys my and man. Cowboys and Scott is my best um, from last week. What about a low light? Well, this Walker and Gray incident is a bit of a low light. Well, I don't know why and yeah. who, what, when, where, why, but Jesus, they almost died. Well, they're in ICU, so... I didn't read the updates during the day because I've been a bit under the pump that apparently, what was it, they took too much of the pain medication or the... the well, pain. yeah, they think they've, they've overdosed or on prescription medicine yeah. post-surgery. he's had hand surgery uh, and Gray's had a knee. There was rumours this morning that yeah, they drugs uh, and... mixed it with alcohol. It's, we can't speculate on it because we don't know the facts, but yeah. well, I don't care what, what the facts are. I'm not saying... 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, it's a low light, especially during finals time. Now you don't read stuff like that, yeah. taking attention away from it. Well, I think it's probably a, it's probably a, a highlight in the fact that they haven't, we haven't had a tragic incident. So yeah, well, but it's, it's scary, and it's probably a timely reminder for everyone. That, yeah, you know, we're all probably guilty sometimes of pumping a few few uh, extra panadols in. Mm. Um, but yeah, you got to be mindful. It's well, luckily, it much just to go over the edge. Luckily, there was a third party there, one of their roommates, I think, of whoever's house they're at, that found them obviously ill and showing signs of, uh, you know, uh, illness from the medicine. So he's the one who put the call in. That's that's a very lucky thing. My low light, I'm not going to harp on it because I don't think it had a, a bearing on the game. And we've even had a tweet from Bulldogs fan agreeing. But um, the decision to award the Kane Evans try, I can't knock the ref because the ref saw what he saw and he sent it to the video ref. It was up to him to overturn it. Um, I thought there was sufficient evidence, but he didn't, obviously. So I'm not going to blow up about it. I don't think it changed the result. The Roosters did run right after that. There was 30 minutes left, so the Dogs had plenty of time to make up for it. And I still felt in the first half that the Roosters blew some opportunities and were always on top. But I'm just scared a little bit looking at something like that um, for these last couple of games. And I just hope we don't have something um, that could cause any drama. I don't want any headlines to do with referees. That's all I'm saying. No, that was my worst of the week. It was the worst. Yeah. Worst. It was a terrible decision, but I do think it had a bearing on the result, but I don't think it changed the result. Like, I think yeah. the result, was, the scoreline was bigger as a result of that being awarded, but yeah. I always felt like the best side won. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, and the Roosters, yeah, they're all over. Well, they weren't all over them, but oh, there was some blown. the double whammy was for the Bulldogs that the following set, there was a line break and then Sheck scores and the game was sort of over and then they sort of turned it up, but... At yeah. 8-4, that was still a chance. And okay. I agree with you that the Roosters were clunky, but yeah. uh, well, I think it's a terrible decision. But. I still kind of feel, though, even after that moment, if you're a resilient team and you're a finals team, they were still only down by like 10 points, 8 points with 30 to go. They shut up shop straight away. So mm. um, as much as I don't agree, I, I agree with the process, though. The on-field ref saw what he saw. He did the right thing. He set it up. But I still think the video ref was the one who let us down. He had enough evidence, I thought, um, that he... Obviously went the opposite way, so I'm, I can't blame the on-field. Um, he saw what he saw, but yeah, the Bulldogs after. Do you reckon, that, do you reckon there would have would have been as much blow up about it if Checkham would have just awarded it? Uh, probably not. Probably not at all, because even though they would have probably showed the replays and whinged about it afterwards, but we're always whinging about we want the referee to make a decision from what he saw. If no, he was, but he, if he obviously he sent it up like he sent it up pretty confidently. Yeah. But you know all... I mean? So I think I think I think he genuinely believes that he saw it on the line. So yeah, he did. I, I'd almost rather in that situation he just, just give it. it. Um, but the, the only other argument I suppose that came out of it was people said that the tackle did last a while and that he was struggling and fighting. But um, I'm kind of with you. If he did end up blowing it, you probably wouldn't have heard as much about it. A few people yeah. might have whinged again about what I said that the tackle went on for a while, but they wouldn't have given it any more. There's much gas on the fire as this situation here, obviously, because the video ref was involved straight away. Well, I certainly didn't look at it and think that the uh, tackle went on for too long. That never even came into my mind. So. Yeah, well, that, that's one that was brought up. But 
Uh, I just I just didn't feel it had a bearing. And particularly in that game, if you're a contender, you'd fire up. They were only outside by 10 points, I think, at that stage. And um, they turned it up instantly. It was just all downhill from there. But, um, yeah, my, my worst was the Sharks. They were blown away. I'm not surprised. There's, there's a lack of control, obviously, from their halves. But realistically, in this game, their halves didn't even get a chance. Their forward pack was overwhelmed. Um, a few players showed their age. And that's probably my only issue heading into next year. They've kept a lot of guys that are a bit older. And we've known for the last few years, there's a lot of guys that have been kept around that you kind of question. So I think Maloney and Townsend and Val Holmes and all these guys will be better next year. Um, but I still think there's a few blokes that I've got to question that they're keeping on board, like Chris Heinington, um, keeping him around. And uh, Anthony Tupo, why good in, in patches there? Like he, he struggles to get through a whole season or stay healthy. They're all... 32, 33, 34. Luke Lewis, Gallon, all those guys are all going to have to go eventually. So the, the, the turnover is definitely going to have to start after next year, surely. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And even uh, one that I heard on the radio, which I probably agree with as well, is Gallon not playing 80 minutes and definitely not being the ball player. I like Wade Graham on the edge, but at the moment, um, some of the roles that Gallon's been trying to put himself into, I think Graham would be better suited to um, being that link man in some of those backline plays. Gallon should not be ball playing, full stop. No, it just didn't. Yeah, it wasn't. Didn't look natural at all. But uh, what about some questions? You got any questions? No, not really. I think we've spoken about most of it. Yeah. Did you put up a fan forum? I did put up a fan forum, champion. Um, I'll go to the Facebook questions first of all. There's a couple of regulars here, which is what we love. Jordan Redwell, would you guys still be happy if we had Broncos Cowboys Grand Final in NRL? And Warriors Cowboys in twenties, being New South Wales born and bred. I know you guys aren't biased until Origin time. Well, I've, I'd like to think after three years, it's pretty. <laughs> uh, I think yeah, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty clear after three years that we're very unbiased. We go to the grand final regardless. We've been to every grand final together. I think this is my ninth or tenth now. You've been going since that, but me and you as a pair, we're coming up on ten years in a row now. Yeah, oh, it must be around that, yeah. Well, the first grand final I ever attended um, after I... Well, I think when I first got hurt, you took me to Storm Broncos 2006, which started a good run. It was almost like a luck charm. The first grand final well, I went this to... Is my, this is my 16th in a row, so... You've been since the Newcastle Paragon, haven't you? No, Broncos Roosters. There you go, Broncos Roosters. So I've been every every year at, at ANZ, apart from the first one, Storm Dragons. Well, actually, this is my 10th year. I've just counted through it. This is 2015. This is my 10th grand final. Yeah, I wouldn't worry me. I don't, I don't care. No, nah, we don't care. And we've said it before. And the 20s one, same deal. I, I love watching well, I'm all... Hoping, I'm hoping we get there in 20s. Yeah. Um, we're struggling a little bit with injuries, but uh, I still I still think we deserve to be there more than the Warriors do. Yeah, you definitely do. But I'm, I'm going to be a Debbie Downer. But from what I saw last week, a few of those blokes that I thought were ordinary during the year... They've pricked up at the right time, and they've all been oh, there. They always do. Yeah, but they they've they've do. all been there for two or three years. Um, a couple of them. Look, so. I think the Cowboys will definitely be there in twenties. Yeah, I, I can't see Manly being nah. the Cowboys. I, I, I no agree with you there. Um, but, um, but I think our, our game um, is anyone's, and uh, I think it'll be it'll be a good contest. Jordan, if by some unknown mystery, fourteen teams were stripped of their points and they turned up tomorrow and said that we had to watch the Tigers play Newcastle in the grand final, fifteenth versus sixteenth, we'd still go. Um, that's pretty much how we are. So I'm happy for any grand final. Um, we, we we always go. It's a great day, and yeah, it doesn't have to be a New South Wales team. 
could be bloody teams from Iran and Russia or wherever you want to fly them in from. If there's football on, I'll go watch it. We'll go watch bloody 7th yeah. Division under 6 on the weekend and drink cans if I have to, as long as there's football. Yeah. Ah, good times. Darren, excuse, uh, as a Dogs fan, the Roosters were just too good last week. Cheers to you, Darren. I'm glad uh, you've... That, that, that's what we like to see. But how do you see the Roosters travelling next year post two of us are Sheck and Maloney? Surely huge losses given they will also lose Pierce during Origin. Well, during Origin, yes, but during the season, I think we've seen enough from Hastings to show um, that they're in a good spot. Depth, definitely not an issue. They're in the New South Wales Cup Grand Final. Tyler Cornish, Mitch Cornish's brother, a very good player. Samasoni Lange, a former uh, 5-0 there in the 20s. Limited opportunities because he's been at the Roosters, but um, they've got those two boys. They've got Ryan Madison coming from Parra, who was the junior Kangaroos half last year. Jaden Nikarima, so as usual, they're not short of options. Um, yeah, I think they might slide out of the top four, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think the Sheck one's bigger than the Harves. Yeah, still definitely, definitely a top eight. Side. Oh, the Ford pack's ridiculous. The, the Sheck one's going to hurt more than the Harves. The Harves, they'll cover. It'll just, yeah, it'll just be um, their ability to score points. That's all it'll be. Yeah, well, all I want to know is who plays fullback. There's been talk that it's Ferguson. Um, they've got Slime Ankle. On the cheat, we watched Latrell Mitchell. Is he ready to go? But you can't replace Roger. I agree with that. But you yeah, still got to. I think, a... I think um, Latrell Mitchell will find his way onto a wing before he'll find him uh, play fullback. I'd imagine. Well, the talk about Ferguson, I can agree getting the football in his hands, but I don't think he can ball play, and he's got an error in him as well. So I don't know if fullback's probably the best place for him. But basically, that whole side bar those two is going to be there. The forward pack's still ridiculous. The spine's still outstanding, and they've still got. Uh, gun backline, so uh, I don't think any way you look at it, and the depth, I'd probably still have them in the top four, to be honest. They're definitely going to be in the eight. It's just a matter of time, I suppose, um, until they figure out whether Luttrell's good to go at fullback, or whether Ferguson or someone else can slot in there, but um, I wouldn't be too worried if I was a Roosters fan. I think that forward pack's the bigger bigger thing they've got going for them in that bench. All those guys are hanging around. No one's leaving, so... That's a, that's a very bloody good start, and basically everyone bar two of us is Sheck. So, um, yeah, I think, I think they'll be still be good. Andrew Whale, Sharkies were never in it, but as good as Cowboys were, I still think Melbourne win the grand final. I wouldn't have played Valentine in hindsight, but Barber instead. Um, that was more of a comment, but I suppose going off that, they were never in it. Uh, do you think Melbourne... Oh, well, obviously, you think Melbourne, you think everyone's got a chance to win the comp, and I agree with you. There, there is reasons for everybody, isn't there? I have no idea who's going to win the comp, but I think they can all win it. Well, and what he's got here, I, I wouldn't have played Valentine in hindsight. Well, but... see, and then you've got the argument of this week, you've got the argument of home field advantage versus momentum. Like, obviously, the Cowboys and the Roosters have got a bit of momentum. The other two sides have got home field advantage. Uh, you know, like, which is better? Like, Melbourne probably needed the rest because they yeah. suffered some injuries. Corabetti's still under a cloud. A pretty hard run. Like, they had a tough run in the final, so they'd appreciate the rest, but. Then again, you've got young players there. Do they need the rest? So there's, there's a whole heap of um, idiosyncrasies to all of it. So um, And I can't really split them based on roster and form and all that sort of stuff. So Melbourne are, Melbourne are a great chance because I think they've got the best tactical coach. Like, he's going to... He'll do his homework, Bellamy, and he'll come up with a game plan uh, for any side that remains. Um, I think Bennett's very basic... Uh, and Paul Green, I think, is very similar to Trent Robinson in the fact that they're probably a balance of both. They like to keep things fairly simple, and um, but they're also tactically pretty sound. Um, 
So, yeah, it's a nice mix there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more in uh, those circumstances. But uh, he said I wouldn't have played Valentine in hindsight. I suppose in that situation, well, it's, it's a finals, it's a finals game. You've got you to risk him. It's yeah. a sudden death. And oh, to be honest, no offence again, but he was on the wing. So as soon as he went off, they didn't lose much. They pushed Gordon there. They put Barber there. If anything, I think carrying Barber and submitting that spot, you basically wasted it. They may as well picked another forward. Uh, a lot of the weeks, he's barely got any time. So that was kind of a bust buy, picking up so much of that contract and basically not using the bloke, if anything. Yeah. Sean Chand, he's always got a cracker. He's got a lot of thought in these. Uh, are the players playing too many games or with better management of the draw and origin, do you think the NRL could actually increase games or rounds? Well... They definitely can't increase it. I don't see that happening. Um, well, they could if they split. If they had split rounds. Yeah, or they had like a couple, extra buys, but they're not going to for yeah, TV. Well, you reasons. could have you could have 30, 30 uh, rounds, but you know, say with four or five split rounds, or even six split rounds, you know, um, and that'd take that'd be your twenty-four games or whatever it is. So, but it'd just prolong the season, I guess. Yeah, that's basically what I'm getting with, so I'm with you. I don't, I don't really think there's too much they could do there, if anything, maybe... I think uh, the issue the players have got is that um, is the fact that they don't get... I think it's a four- or five-week minimum that they get off. Like They, they deserve longer off. Well, they're like, pushing for eight right now, the RLPA. That's eight. the issue that they're so, yeah, that As soon as your season... Or it should be from grand final, then it's eight weeks. So October, basically that would almost be Christmas time though, so they wouldn't do anything pre-Christmas. Yeah, but you look at the NFL, most NFL sites preparing, their this, um, collective bargaining agreement only allows them to be in camp, I'm pretty sure, for six weeks before the season starts. Yeah, well, I, I look at it this way. Uh, they're asking for eight, I do get that, but smarter teams, even ones like Melbourne, when they've got rep players or they go deeper in the, the season, they don't let those players come back anyway until later. Um I agree they probably deserve, definitely deserve more than four weeks. It needs six minimum, but I think the smarter clubs manage those better players that have had a heavy workload anyway. So, um, yeah, I think they manage that. He's also got another part here. What do you think of the NRL doing a massive overhaul of the rules, simplifying the interpretations and the rules like that one that means you take the penalty from in front of the goalpost to cause less confusion with fans? Do you think it will also help refs officiate? Yeah, they should simplify the rules. Definitely, but you just want no grey areas. That's that's the that's the issue we have. Well, you with... gotta, you're never you're never going to eliminate it. But you just want to minimise it. Yeah, basically. But there's a few things that could definitely be cleared up. There's no doubt about that. Um, at the end, he's got fan meetup question mark. I don't quite know what you mean there. Well, I think he wants wants to have all the fans meet up, meet us. I think. Oh, okay. We, we, wouldn't, need, we wouldn't need a big room. <laughs> yeah, for mine and your heads, that's about it. Yeah, not through egos either, just massive size. Yeah, no, there's definitely nothing about ego. We just have giant heads. It's uh, yeah, yeah well, it's, it's it's an option. I, you know, if people wanted to do a, a fan meetup or maybe even a live broadcast, if we if we got to the point where we had a heap of people pining for it, um, but let the people speak. If the people want it, we just got to give the people what they want. <laughs> the people's podcast, it is. Uh, yeah, that's definitely an option. I have to think about that, Sean. Uh, James Hope. After hearing Paul, well, if Kev- you want to, if you want to see us, we'll probably be at the, the 
and over till at some stage on grand final day. Yeah, that's probably a good option. If anyone's going to the Just GF. Don't, don't interrupt me between the start of my schooner and the end of my schooner. Yeah, if I'm on Frank the Tank mode and I'm going back and forth between the bar, I don't get the path either. Just get me your... <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to get me, get me in between the bar and, and the table. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, James Hope, after hearing Paul Kent reveal the actual number of tries that are overturned, a very small amount, I was starting to think, rather than spending all the money and ruining games by the constant video ref replay, we would be better off just scrapping it completely. I know that it would mean a few dud decisions, but I think that the benefits outweigh the drawbacks. Would God, would you guys ever consider scrapping the video ref completely? I, I couldn't scrap it completely. Well, uh, I think they've either got to go one way or the other. They're going yeah. to go all in, all in what they're going to get to, what they are going to do, or scrap it. Well, I think we've had this conversation before as well. Um, sometime at the back end of last year, I'm pretty sure this exact question came up and we talked about it and said exactly this. It's either one or the other. You can't be in between. Um, we either go full-blown bunker system. Well, you've got to have the best, that's right, the best technology available. All camera angles. Or piss it off. Yeah, basically. Um, it's, yeah, it, there's no in-between. It's one or the other. So, yeah, I, I, I preferably want to keep it, but I'm more about the bunker. I, I wouldn't scrap it all together. But mind you, when I do watch the 20s games, I enjoy the flow um, for the fact they have to make a call. But Well, they get, they get most of them right. Yeah, they do, but I just think in the NRL circumstances, we're talking a lot bigger money, a lot bigger circumstances. That's no hate on the 20s or New South Wales Cup, but, um, yeah, you're playing for, for, for all the sheep stations when you get the NRL, so I'd like to keep it around, but bring the bunker system in. Yeah. Um, Jordan Palmer, thoughts on players that played a fair bit of first grade this year to jump straight back into New South Wales Cup finals as their first grade side doesn't make it, e.g., Jake Mamo. Well, in his case, he only played five or six games at the end of the year, so he would have played more cup. Well, and that's how it's measured. And I'm, yeah. I'm, I was neck deep in all this uh, because I was obviously doing a lot of work out at Windsor um, with the Ron Massey and Sydney Shield side there. And we had players who had played games with New South Wales Cup with 20s that were dropping back to Ron Massey. Same sort of thing when you compare it to first grade to or NRL to New South Wales Cup. And the rules around this, people have no idea of the complexity. Um, basically, you've got to play three games to qualify in any grade. Then it goes on a percentage of percentage of games played in one grade compared to another. It also uh, it gets taken into account. For example, we had obviously the 20s and the New South Wales Cup alive up until last weekend when... Um, Newcastle knocked Penrith out. Uh, so as long as all teams were alive and it's called portability, you're allowed to port players are allowed to be portable between one competition and the other. So it is very, very, very technical um, when you when you want to get involved in all of it. But yeah, uh, trust me, yeah, they they they've got very very strict rules and they're they're strictly enforced. So uh, could they simplify it? Yeah, of course they could. Yeah, they could. It, it could be as simple as you can you can only play finals in the competition of which you've played the most games. But then again, you might find yourself in a situation where, um, like tennis, for example, a lot of their players have played a lot of first grade this year because of the injuries they've had. So yeah, but I think a lot of a lot of the ones that were eligible at the end were fair to come back. They only played the last six or seven games. So yeah, that's right. Much like Memo, he only played you know six or seven games right at the end. Nathan Ross, these well, kind he was of guys. sort of a Danny Badiris. So I can't think of anyone that really dropped back who played a, a dominant amount of first grade. The only one who played 
uh, you know, maybe a little bit during the year. Glenn Buttress obviously was on the bench for maybe the first eight to ten games, but even he came back for basically the whole second half of the year when they realised how good Kurt Baptiste was. So um, at the end there, I don't think there's anyone that stands out. There, were, there was even um, the other boys I'm trying to think about right now off the top of my head. Uh, who was it? The Bulldogs the other day, they got Sean Lane and those guys, like, you know, same deal. They, they got in late or they played a couple of games off the bench or were constantly 18th man, so they would have had enough games to have been eligible um, to come back and play. But, yeah, there's no one that stands out. And in the end, the two teams that have got in, um, the Knights, they've all played the bulk of the season and Wyong were basically unaffected because the Roosters didn't take anyone, really, uh, besides yeah. Matt McCurick and Matungi, who have, um, you know, they're both back down there now anyway. They've played the season there, so... Yeah, I don't have any problem with that rule. Yeah. Uh, Hook It on Twitter, the official uh, account for, what is it here? It's at NA8 underscore Oz. Should third-party agreements be abolished? Unfair advantage. I think this is another one we've talked about. I don't think they should be abolished. And at the same time, I want players to be paid, um, you know, what, what's willing to be paid to them because they deserve the money in the short amount of time they've got. But it does need to be regulated. Uh, a bit better because there are obviously there's a couple of clubs that hold an advantage in the Roosters, the Broncos, and the Bulldogs in particular financially with third party agreements over other clubs. Yeah, I, I reckon scrap them. It's unfair. You've either got to scrap them or make it even for teams uh, because at the moment it's it's ridiculously uneven. Yeah, well, I think I hate it. Uh, the ex Melbourne boss from a year ago, I forgot his name, but he's come back now. I think they've put him into a role. He's looking at it right now and they're looking to start regulating third parties. So. Uh, I don't quite know what that system is. I want it to be up and running, but I think they're trying to put something in place as we speak. But uh, Gavin, one of our favourites on Twitter, at Ernie Oz, um, sorry if too late. You're not too late, champion. We're running late tonight, so it's all good. Brock, you'll love this one. Your thoughts on Adrian Morley. He's retiring after 20 years in the top grade. Hashtag legend. Best Pommy to come out here. Wow. Best Pommy to come out here by a mile. He, um, he brutalises the comp. People are scared of Adrian Morley. Like, I know James Graham's been great, but I don't think many people are scared of James Graham. No. Um, people, people uh, yeah, they were having nightmares about Adrian Morley. And, but the game was a little bit different in the fact that I'm pretty sure he used to wear a crowbar up at his arm and strap it up <laughs> and arm people. But he was, um, he was probably my favourite Englishman. But at that stage, I was sort of supporting the Roosters because Freddie was there. And, yeah. Um, I was I was obviously playing footy then, so he's a bit of a cult hero for me. Well, I'm a big um, fan. A big fan. He's mental. He's oh, that, that's basically what I was going to say. I think right. anyone anyone that's listened to this has figured out I've got a screw loose. Anyone that's listened to my New South Wales Cup commentary this year, I get excited every time I have a Mounties game because I know Mitch Barnett's probably going to elbow someone, try and start a fight, or he's just a loose cannon, and there's not enough of them left. But um, Adrian Morley, I loved just. In particular, the day Ned Caddick got hit by Arwen Gutenbill and then he went after Arwen Gutenbill and smoked him. Um, I seen him hit Jason King, who's like a 130-kilo man, and just sweep the feet out from under him. There's some ridiculous well, shots I can think of. When he killed Robbie Kearns off that kickoff and got binned yeah, instantly. that's the one. Oh, me, me and... Uh, I remember... God, that, that's going back a while. I it's like 01, be, 02, something I around there. I think it was 01 or 02. I think I just got my driver's license and... I remember we went to the M4 Maccas, me and Timmy Witt, um, with long story short, but basically to keep ourselves awake so we could watch this game. It was on about 3am on a Sunday morning. We'd come home, sat down, chowed into our McDonald's, and boom, 
Adrian Morley sent off after yeah. <laughs> Robbie Kearns. Yeah, knock Robbie Kearns senseless, and they sent um, Adrian Morley from the field. Wow. Ridiculous. Yeah, well, I, I'm. But it was great. He just came flying down the field, stiff arming, KO'd him, and. Gone. The only uh, the only other pommy I've heard of spoke like I, I thought Gareth Ellis was brilliant, but he didn't play here probably as long. Um, but he had a huge effect on a team uh, that needed it. I think the only other one I haven't really seen a lot of because I wasn't born then was Ellery Hanley. I don't know if you saw a bit of him. You would have been only super no. young um, as well. No. You were born the late eighties, so you would have missed him. But um, uh, that Adrian Morley, that Adrian Morley send off was in two thousand three. Yeah, well there you go. Actually, now that rings a bell. You know where I was? Because I was about to say, I think I was watching that with Khalifa. Uh, my best mate, um, you know, still is my best mate that I met in high school. That was the first time I slept over his house. And we got up in the morning to watch that game because he's a footy nut like me. And, oh, yeah, I, I can still remember it. So that you've just brought that back to me now as well, out there at uh, his yeah. house, the old loft ranch. So. And it was referee, referee Steve Gunson. Steve Gunson. Outstanding. March, Jim. Well, thanks for that, Gav. That's a good question. Uh, that wraps up those fan forum questions. We'll do game reviews box set. I've gone over this uh, with MG and Vaughn. I don't think oh, there's a lot. Please. There's not a lot to Just say. Me Just leave me out of it. Yeah, well, there's not a lot to say, but we'll be very quick on them. Dogs, Roosters, 38-12. Um, I think we've pretty much summed this up. Yeah, it was kind of close at half time, but they blew a lot of chances in the first half of the Roosters. It was basically a matter of when. Did that video ref decision have a bearing on the Bulldogs' attitude towards the game? Yes, but should they be mentally tougher when they're still within um, a couple of tries with 30 minutes to go? I definitely think yeah. so. Um, you know, it's, it's, it may be the straw that broke the back, but after that they ran right. I thought Sean Kenny Dowell in particular was outstanding, but Boyd Cordner, all the bench, Jackson Hastings, very impressive again. There wasn't really anyone for the Roosters. Um, it wasn't a part of it. And I particularly enjoyed watching Napa go absolutely crazy and tell James Graham to run the ball at him. That bloke's a nutcase. He's another one that's high up on the pecking order for me now. Yeah, it was good. See, uh, J- uh, James Graham didn't really have much to say to him either. And then very shortly after, Napa all but scored, dropped it over the line. I was, yeah. I was just waiting for him to get up and absolutely slam Graham. Yeah. But... Didn't eventuate. I said it to Dad because I was a bit fired up by that point that if I did score, I would throw the football at him. That's the kind of bloke I am. Yeah, I think, <laughs> oh, I think there, was, there was going to be a bit of that going on. Yeah, it was outstanding. But I just loved how everyone, even when he started to fire, even Frank Pritchard, everyone kind of, not afraid, but they all kind of stood clear because you could see how animated Napa gets when, when he tried to tell him that he, that he tried to tell him he shoulder charged him. Uh, he argued his case and he wanted James Graham's blood. He really wanted to get a piece of him. But... Yeah. Simple for the dogs next year. They need to rethink their strategy. Um, I've chipped a few times at Des Hasler because nothing's changed. And this is the same team from 2012. Everyone's cotton onto it. Your forwards aren't halfbacks. You actually need genuine halves. I think the wrong half is going. Uh, I think we've seen that Hodkinson and Bayer work well together. When Bayer plays with Reynolds, it's just chaos. There's no one taking control. Moses is definitely a six. He's not a seven. He's not there to organise things. So... Um, I don't think that halves combo is going to work going forward. And if anything, next year I look at them um, from what I've seen this year. Yeah, they've got good players, but the brand of football and, and just the way they are, I, I think they'll slide next year. Yeah, hard to argue. Yeah. Well, my only question from the Roosters coming out of this one um, is if Pierce plays this week. We saw he was named. Is he 100%? I don't know, but um, they're obviously pushing the chips all in. They'll still have Hastings on the bench. This game I can kind of understand if he's close to 100, but like I said last week, there's no way I would have risked him um, underdone. I would have rather have all the forwards there 
and trust Hastings, who did a good job. But third out and 12, they're done. 39 nil. the Cowboys have the Sharks. I think this one can be summed up easily as well. In They went 0-100 to 100 from the word go and instantly just put them under the pump. Um, they never let them get any look in. They looked slow. They looked old. There was repeat sets. It was just yep, the Cowboys. That was the deal last week. The, uh, the Sharks, they ran in a listed race, and the Cowboys a week before ran in a group one, and it showed. Yeah, and I think what we talked about before, yeah, Tom Ilo should be more dangerous every game and physically imposing, but he looks a lot better when he has a platform laid by either Tommy or Scott, but then him coming on the back of it. Um, some of his carries falling off Scott, who was just on fire, were absolutely ridiculous. And you know it's your night. When Lachlan Coop put in that massive kick, it was like a 60-metre kick, and it just bounced up and sat in the end goal. Like, those things usually don't go your way, but everything uh, fell from the other night, and they were just ruthless. And, and probably the, the big highlight for me and what makes me think they're probably going to make the GF is Michael Morgan didn't show any signs of that ankle. Even though he came off early, they had the luxury to do that. But he, he had his running game in full... Uh, he a double. Yeah, he had a double. He looked healthy. So if the, week, he, the week before, he looked tentative to run. Exactly. Run, and he was a non-factor. But going to Melbourne, we've seen when they just had JT, Melbourne put a blanket on him. So if they're both there and firing, they're a dangerous football side, yeah, as long as that forward pack. You can't, you can't even look at the form of that game. No, I know. But I'm just no, saying, they had one half. So if both these guys are back, it's a different kettle of fish. If Morgan's underdone... Yeah, finals football, preliminary final... Uh, but, yeah, they got contributions from everywhere in this game. They were ruthless. Um, and just all the little things. There was 10 line breaks to one. Uh, the sets were ridiculously different. There was 370 tackles to 230. It was all the Cowboys. They deserved it. Sharks got blown off the park. It just absolutely torn to pieces. Um, Wade Graham had a few moments, I thought, where he tried to change the game. But it was just a tornado of the Cowboys. They just dominated that game. That did. So we've got through that, mate. Um Basically, what I'm looking at here is the same questions I kind of went through with MG and Vorney, and that's that this week. Obviously, we've got our matchups: Broncos and Roosters. This game, who do you think wins and why? Oh, man. Do you want me to go, I, do you want me to go first, and then you can have a think about it? And I can tell you. Yeah, go. I, yeah. In, the first, in the first one, the Broncos-Roosters, the Pierce thing kind of worries me, um, but I wrote down here a breakdown of what I think, and I looked at this game the other week. Um, the Broncos, I know their online D is spectacular, but they concede yards very easily, and I think the Roosters have got more threats and a better pack. So I look at the Roosters and think if they're forwards and then their bench, which has been outstanding, just do the job that they've been doing, um, I see them winning this football game. On the Broncos side of things, I reckon it's on Hunt and Milford. Um, why everyone says they play this expansive brand of football, there's been some games where they haven't blown teams away and they've struggled actually post points. Um, they, they, they haven't had a lot of big wins and I, I, don't, I think this is a game where they're going to need not only to hold out a massive pack which is definitely going to make metres on them so their goal line D is going to need to be spectacular um, and I think their halves are going to need to be brilliant so I, for that reason I'm well, going to go... Their goal line D was pretty good against the Cowboys who, you know, I, I thought that night they didn't attack particularly well Look, I, I want to tip the Roosters but, jeez man, it, like the Broncos I think they've got the informed defence in the competition uh, they've got home field advantage. They, they beat the Roosters up there already this year. I'm going to take the Roosters based on that simple fact that, like you said, the Broncos just concede, and I think the Roosters have probably got the best good ball attack in the competition. Yeah, and I think their bench yeah. is the so best I think bench. They're going to so. really, really put um, Brisbane under the pump, and test that defence out. But 
I think that's where your game's going to be won or lost. I think if, if the Broncos can repel the Roosters in good ball um, and prevent their metres and their opportunities down there, they're a chance of winning. But if, if the Broncos uh, allow the Roosters to roll down the field and they can't defend, um, you know, they're, they're going to be in for a long night. I think you'll find it'll be a mix of both. And yeah. It'll be a very, very tight game. Well, everybody... I hope we get a dry track. I know. God, I hope we get a dry track. Their goal line D is spectacular, but you notice it because they concede yards so easy. But everyone forgets that the Roosters were the best defensive side in the comp, followed by Melbourne, and Brisbane went up at three. Um, yeah, but, I know that. But, but it's it's the goal line D that takes your eye. That's the one that gets you for Brisbane. But they do concede yards, and I really think the yeah, ruthless, the ruthlessness of the Roosters pack plus the bench, which is basically another starting side. If they do their job, that's my key, and that's why I like the Roosters. I'm also, yeah, I think it's it's also important how the Roosters start because Pierce, yeah, he might be a little bit clunky coming back. Like it's been five or six weeks since he's played, so you know that might be a factor. Also, it might. The Broncos might be best trying to fly out of the blocks and jump the Roosters and get Pierce into the mindset that he's got to chase points and get him on tilt a little bit. Well, I'd be running uh, him instantly and making him move and put pressure on it and twist it and just do everything possible. So um, early on, I'm trying to think what side he plays. Maloney plays on the left, so Pierce is on that right-hand side. I think that's Alex Glenn's edge uh, on the left there. If that's the back row that's on him, I'd be sending a lot of traffic that way. And that's Milford as well. If I'm Milford, I'm putting some hot feet on him. Um, trying to get him to move and make things a little bit awkward for him very early on. Yeah, I, I think if they can jump him, they can get the Roosters on tilt. Yeah. I saw Melbourne sort of did that as well. Yeah, well, we're both on the Roosters. The other game, contrasting styles, Storm versus Cowboys. I'll go first again. I'm pretty sure I already know what you're going to say for this one, but I looked at Melbourne. It's They say predicting a dry track, but... And MJ even brought this up. I think Corabetti is a lot more important to us than a lot of people would think, especially coming out of yardage. I think he's super important for us. And it didn't look good. Monday, they caught vision. He went out to train, couldn't train. They put Maher and Tottenham Payer. They're going to give him to the last minute. I really hope he does play. But um, if Melbourne's going to win, we're going to have to win the middle. That's pretty obvious. Fifth tackle options have to be a lot better. And in particular, we have to put that kick pressure on that we put on Thurston last time. But... Uh, Cooper Cronk. I don't think Cooper Cronk's been playing that well, to be honest. So I'm really looking for a big game this weekend from Cronk. Mm. And then on the so Cowboys, on the Cowboys side of things, I think set starts exactly the same thing as last week. Scott, Tamalolo, Tamau, um, numbers going through the middle and what we've already talked about. You want to beat Melbourne, you need to get the ball to the edges and move Melbourne around. You want to play Melbourne through the middle, uh, let them get numbers in, peel off, do what they do you're not going to get any momentum. So they need to blast them from the go, pushing in numbers, getting the footy to the edges, um, work off offloads, momentum, and bank points because Melbourne obviously don't score points in abundance. So I'm similar to your game plan for the other game. If I'm the Cowboys, I want to do the opposite of what they've been doing. I don't want to wait 20 minutes. I want to see what they did to the Sharks last week. They need to jump Melbourne early on and and grab a couple of tries, I think. Um, It pains me to say it, but I also do it just because it generally works in my favour whenever I go against and they win, but... If you have to ask me on paper what I think, I, I think the Cowboys will win. And that's hard for me to say, particularly because Melbourne are in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are almost the team of destiny. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll go with the Cowboys, but not with much confidence. Uh, just in the fact that I think I think there were chances for the Roosters to break Melbourne down in that first week game. There was. Um, but the Roosters just seemed to be stuck in their way. They didn't have Pierce there. Uh, the Cowboys have got Morgan and Thurston. Um, 
I think they're also going to be more open to play them on the edges, which is where I think the Roosters didn't play them when they probably should have. Um, but then again, I can see Melbourne winning because it's in Melbourne and yeah. Craig Bellamy, you'll have them prepared and you've got you know clutch players. So this one, I think both games you can toss a coin, but I'll go with my original um, grand final that I picked the start of the year in Roosters Cowboys, but it would not surprise me in the absolute slightest if it's if it's Broncos, um, you know Broncos Melbourne. So basically, I'm tipping. I'm, we both tip the two away teams. Yeah, you can almost say that one you know, one will be an upset. Two, yeah, well, the two away teams aren't going to win. I wouldn't think. Oh, yeah. The only thing, the only thing I love is when everyone puts the pen through Melbourne things as you walk out. Vaughny, I spoke to him from a player's perspective. Um, he really likes the Roosters, but his grand final was Chooks Cowboys. MG had Broncos Cowboys. Me and you were both Roosters Cowboys as well. So the only team that no one's given a vote of confidence to here um, is the Melbourne Storm. So uh, uh, it, it pains me to say it. I, I don't know. I don't know if they can get the job done. I really hope we can. But we're just so different. I, we, you're gonna know, I think you're going to know in the first 20 minutes, basically. If we can break the game apart, make it a bit clunky and not let them get a roll on. Yeah, um, clash of styles. I, I feel good about our chances, and especially the fifth tackle I options. also think, though, that the referees have had two weeks to hear the Melbourne, Melbourne, yeah, well, Melbourne, Melbourne stuff. I think that's going to play a part. Probably well. reckon we'll get hammered by the penalty count, you reckon? Yeah, I'm just feeling it. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm, that's my kind of my other gripe, pretty much what you're saying, that I agree with you, so... Um, yeah, I, I listened to Bill Harrigan on the Triple M thing say that they reckon. Look, I think I think they're the best. I, I'll state they're the best coach side. Yeah. So, but I just think first, and this is it. Well, look, 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 look at the squads. That, that's that's enough for you, right there. Uh, I'm not knocking their side, but compared to the other three all round, he's lost Slater. Yeah, Munster's a good kid, but he's only a baby. Bromwich is a gun. Yes, like McLean's still raw. The bench for Melbourne's very raw. Um, the back line. Chambers is good, Corabetti is solid, but Kurt Mann's not a centre. Like, there's, there's a couple of bit players there for Melbourne you look at. The fact they're in this position speaks volumes. Yeah, I can, I can see why they're the, the fourth-ranked side out of the top four. Yeah, but you, it just speaks volumes again of Craig Bellamy. Um, Coaching, yeah, right. Craig Bellamy is an outstanding rugby league coach, an outstanding mind, and from all words, uh, just, as, just as good a bloke. They respect him like a father, so, um, yeah. I'd I'd have to think Cowboys, um, and that's even in the big dance. I'm big on the Roosters, you know that. But if they get there next week, uh, I just had this ominous feeling from last week and the way the Cowboys have been talking and they don't seem uptight, it almost has that feel that it's finally going to be the dream um, for Jonathan Thurston. Mm. We'll have to wait and see. Um, That's the side I'd like to see win it. Yeah, I'm with you. If If it's not Melbourne, I want the Cowboys to win. Yeah, I, I pretty much want whoever wins that game to win the comp, to be honest, yeah. Melbourne or, or the Cowboys. Well, either any way, the combinations that we spoke of, we're going to get a fantastic game uh, for grand final. Yeah. I'm as pumped as you are for these. But basically, you've got your reviews now. We've done the fast five, fan foreign questions. So wrapping things up, um, New South Wales Cup last week, Wyong won through 44-20 over the Dogs. Mounties... Blew it, basically. Been the best side all year, but choked last weekend. Newcastle, very... Wow, what yeah. a choke that was. Yeah, it was that a big was choke. The goal-kicking, Mitch Cornish, one from six, and Josh McCrane threw two intercept passes and was rocks or diamonds, but... Look, uh, I think I think Wyong is special. Yeah, 100%. And I told you the other couple of weeks ago, we did our predictions on the team that I did, and everyone said, man, he said Wyong, and they looked at me funny, but 
They're a great football side. Let me tell you, that, I think that's obviously going to be on Fox. Watch Wild. They love. They play a good brand of football. Um, We've got that. Isn't it? Isn't the full day on this weekend? I don't know, but I'm I, I'm commentating, so I'm going to be there. But I'm pretty sure Sydney Shield, Ron Massey, and New South Wales Cup are all on telly. I'm pretty sure. Well, those games, Sydney Shield. There's Wentworthville versus Hills Bulls. Uh, Ron Massey. Well, I can probably give you. Well, I've probably seen a lot more of that. Well, that's what I was going to ask um, you. But this weekend, if you want to listen in, www.radiohub.com.au. Uh, Curtis Woodward, Matt French and myself, we're calling the Ron Massey game. Albie Tallarico, uh, Daniel, Jack and Luke, they're calling New South Wales Cup. And I think Sydney Shield, he's got a couple other blokes in on that. But let's start with those two because you've seen them. Wentworthville, Hills Bulls, who do you think wins Shield? Uh, Wenty easily. Yep. Wenty towered up Windsor by 60 or something, didn't they, the week before? Yeah, well... That's obviously the game that I was at monitoring. A few of our boys that played um, dropped back from 20s to play Shield and Massey, and wow. Yeah. Um, they got lit up, but look, uh, Wentworth Hill has been the best side in that competition all year. Um, Hills, like, Windsor beat Hills comfortably twice, so. Yeah. Uh, Hills are sort of an older side. When are bigger, stronger, faster? Oh. I, I think Wentworth Hill. The Wentworthville Shield side would compete in Ron Massey, and I don't think the Hill side would. So well, I've seen it. I saw it during the year, and I think there's been some issues over there. Well, surprise, surprise, is Parramatta. But there was a couple of guys that were contracted to cut and even top squad training that were down in Shield and Massey pretty early. Um, so well, there's a lot of there's a lot of division at Wentworthville in the fact that Cup uh, basically work by themselves. Uh, the Massey is then run in. Uh, you know, in partnership with the Cup, so Massey and Cup, Shield are basically a separate entity. Yeah. So, so the Shield and Massey coaches, I've heard, and you know, I'm only dealing on innuendo and whatever, but um, well, not rumour innuendo. Yeah. I, I know both coaches, but um, they basically don't talk to each other. Yeah. So they don't actually work together, which makes it difficult. But I think Wentworth will, will win that competition easily. Yeah, well, the other one I've seen a bit of Mounties during the year, and I saw Asquith when I come with you. They were just a mean bunch of bastards, weren't they? Um, yeah, well, they rolled us on the weekend, uh, or roll Windsor thirty-two thirty. Look, they were rough, really uh, rough. Look, Windsor, oh, they could have won that game fifteen times. They just couldn't get over the line. Uh, I'd have to go in Mounties. Comparison: Windsor beat Mounties um, in week one of the finals to get the week off, yeah. and had to do everything right to win it. Uh, Mounties that day weren't very good. I think uh, Mounties, they, they got upset last year in the grand final as well by the entrance. So I think you'll see Mounties. I think there's specials. There's three specials. Wendy yeah. and specials in Shield. Mounties. Uh, Ma- uh, Mounties are specials in Ron Massey and uh, Wyong are specials in um, New South Wales Cup. Well, I'm with you on all those um, and especially Wyong. But yeah, Sydney Shield, Ron Massey, New South Wales Cup all live this weekend. I'm doing the Massey. I think I might be around for the cut. But if you want to listen into that one, Curtis, Frenchie, all the boys on there, www.rodeohub.com.au to get coverage of that. And also look out for them on Foxtel. But, um, yeah, the Parramatta Stadium, 4 p.m. It's the New South Wales Cup final. Queensland Cup, the Hunters, they went down to the Jets. Um, they've made that one 28-12. So they're going to play the Blackhawks this weekend as well. Sunday um, at 4 p.m. It's the Blackhawks versus the Jets up there. At some court stadium, the Jets are a fantastic team to watch if you haven't seen them. Just an excellent brand of football. But this Townsville side is absolutely loaded. Um, it's a ridiculous yes. football side. So, well, look, I, I hope I hope the Jets win. 
I'd love to see the upset, but my God, from what I've seen of Townsville and that lineup, I'd be just as happy to watch them. That, that's a pretty bloody good football side. Um, yeah. There's XNRL, which is one thing, plus Cowboys players, plus just uh, there's a guy like I think I spoke about. For anyone that never seen Mike, Michael Parker Walsh, he would be playing first grade, but he tried to leave, I think, the Cowboys on compassionate grounds and then tried to sign with your mob, the Titans, and the Cowboys blew up about it. He was basically trying to do a backdoor sneaky. Um, got himself banned. Letting go. Yeah, got himself banned for two years, but now he's back playing for the Blackhawks. Linked to him, he got half back of the year. I'm telling you, him and Michael Morgan were together. This kid's a freak. Um, he's a really good footballer. But they've got Robert Louis, um, most of the other players that played for the Cowboys, Tommy Humble, Neville Costigan, Kalepi Tangana. There's a heap of guys there, so they've got a loaded football side. But don't write off yeah. um, the Jets. Matty Parcell is heading to Manly. Scored eight tries in the finals alone. Um, Carlin Anderson, he's going to the Broncos next year. Their fullback, he's good. Mama Barber was winger of the year. Done some amazing things off the wing. It's ridiculous the brand of football they play, but um, even the winger, Pandy, I think his name was, and a couple of those blokes, it's 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 incredible. You've got to, it's got to be seen to be believed the way they play their football. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see on the weekend. Under 20s, Manly 28-22, they beat the Tigers, and New Zealand blew the Broncos away 45-10. to So Friday... Penrith versus the Warriors at 5.15. Uh, they're up there at Suncorp for that one. And Saturday is Cowboys versus Manly, 5 p.m., uh, obviously down in Melbourne. I think the Cowboys are specialties. No offence to your mob, but with no Katoa, and if Cleary's going to play in this Australian schoolboys game, like he said, you guys have got great depth. But what I saw last week from the Warriors, it looked like five or six guys that basically did nothing during the year um, that have won comps already uh, have just clicked for this time of year. So... Um, I, I think I said it last week at 11 bucks they were the rough year. I still think the Cowboys win it, but at 11 bucks that was ridiculous value. So I, I reckon the Warriors might cause the upset. No, won't happen. We'll win. Uh, it'll be one versus two. I think, look, the Warriors, I think we only beat them by eight here uh, only around a month ago, I think. But uh, we've got a, still got a fairly strong side in. Uh, it'll just be, if we play well, I believe we'll win comfortably, but... Um, obviously, if you give give them ball and um, you know invite them down the field, they're going to be hard to contain because they they are men. Uh, yeah. So, massive yeah, shock. I think I agree. The Cowboys will beat Manly, and if they don't, that'd be a massive upset. Oh, it'd be uh, huge. But I, I I do agree. This game this game is um, a lot harder to get a read on. But I think uh, we played pretty composed footy all year, and um, our defence is very very sound. Uh, best defensive side in the comp. So, uh, do you think that's got to count for something at this time of the year? Hopefully, we can produce it on Friday night and get ourselves through and give us a chance on the big dance. Yeah, well, the one who got my eye last week, and I've been waiting for him all year because I think he's one of the best players in the 20s, was Brad Abbey. He basically been floating around like a lot of guys do, basically looking like an NRL player, like he didn't want to be there. As soon as the final started, uh, he exploded last week. And the halfback, Arta Hingano, he's only 17. He played a couple a year. Um, he looked outstanding last week, so that's the reason I probably lean towards them. But um, that's everything, mate. We've we've done the fast five, done the oh, reviews. Hang on, mate. Bit of Super League. Oh well, you go for the Super League. I didn't watch it, so you didn't watch it. No. Right. Well, what it, basically there was there's, there was two rounds to go. Leeds had to play Cass to um, secure their league leader and shield. Ben Leeds Roberts have now lost. <laughs> Leeds have now lost three in a row since winning the Challenge Cup, um, and basically Wigan had a chance to overtake them. When they took on St Helens, St Helens rolled them on the bell with about three minutes to go. 
So it still stands. This is like this top four, ridiculous. Leeds are on top on differential on 39 points. Wigan are second on differential, 39 points. Uh, third is Huddersfield on differential, 38 points. And four is St Helens on 38 points um, with differential. So that's the top four is locked in, but they can basically finish in any old order. I, I'm pretty sure Leeds play Huddersfield this weekend. Um, and Wigan, Wigan play Cass or St Helens play Cass. I don't have the actual fixtures in front of me, but it leaves it for a very inter- interesting weekend. Uh, Leeds have made it well known that they want to win all three this year. They want to win, obviously, the Challenge Cup, which they have. They want to win the League Leadership, which they'll need to win this weekend in order to do. Uh, and then they want to win the grand final. But there's a lot of people in England now riding Leeds off saying that they've run their race. Uh, they did similar bout out in similar style last year they they didn't win a game after they won the Challenge Cup last year so it looks like they're heading down a similar path but uh, the Super 8s which is a qualifiers down the bottom Wakefield and Bradford look like they're going to play off in that million pound game they're both on six points um, Lee Halifax and Sheffield see you later you're back in yeah. League 1 um, Hull, Hull, Salford and Witness coming back uh, up we'll all, we'll all go back up it's going to be Wakefield and Bradford uh, Go Bradford. Uh, yeah, well, they they had a big win on the weekend, Bradford. Uh, yeah. They beat Lee, who Go the Lee were on top of, uh, basically, yeah, on top of uh, yeah. the League One. And uh, when they came, Bradford finished second. So, basically, all that's really happened there is that Bradford's overtaken Lee. Yeah. Um, and the rest has really held form, because Wakefield were the last in the Super League. Widness, Salford and Hull were probably unlucky to drop back, They're, all three of those are going to go up, so yeah, it's Wakefield with Brian Smith, he was brought there to uh, save them, it's going to be Wakey against uh, Bradford to see who goes up the Super League. Well hopefully Tim Smith apparently going on a drunk drive in Brian Smith's car with Kevin Locke doesn't affect him, if that story was true. Well yeah, so it's basically this weekend um, yeah, there's another round to go and then next week um, our grand final weekend will be that million pound game Good times. I'll have to record that one then. Oh, yeah. Before we go... Oh, we're getting up for it. Going about that. Before we go, WilliamHill.com. If you want to have a bet on the NRL, any sport, make sure it's with William Hill, our fantastic sponsors. Uh, look for the Pick the Score competitions this weekend. We'll be running two, um, obviously, for the two finals games for your chance to win a $100 free bet. They're up on the NRL gossip page about half an hour. Before kickoff from the charity account this year, the Guide Dogs Association, fantastic cause... Um, hopefully we can grab a win this week. But the futures for them, the NRL, the Roosters are favourites at two dollars eighty-five to win the comp. Cowboys three fifty, Broncos three ninety, and the Storm uh, four seventy-five. The Holden Cup futures. Uh, what have we got here? It should load, but it's not, which is not really helpful. Oh wow, the computers just had an absolute meltdown. Wait, we're back in business here. North Queensland are the favourites. They're $2.15. The Penrith Panthers are $3.25. The Warriors have come in big time from $11 to $4.50. And Manly, uh, they're pretty big outsiders there. They're at $8. So uh, that's, a, that's a pretty big turnaround for them in those circumstances. And as we look at the New South Wales Cup heading into this weekend, you've got Wyong. They're $1.50 favourites to beat Newcastle. At a dollar sixty, I don't think that's any surprise. They should be favourites, 
and uh, I'm sure Townsville there, same deal. Dollar fifty-five favourites over Ipswich at two dollars fifty, uh, two dollars forty-five. Sorry, and the Super League. Brock was speaking about that a moment ago. Wigan are three dollar favourites. Leeds three dollars twenty-five. Huddersfield four dollars, and St Helens four dollars. So that is a super uh, tightly contested yeah, competition. Any, anyone can win the Super League. Yeah, anyone would come out. Well, I wouldn't mind seeing a roughie like Huddersfield, who, you know, slowly well, built up. I don't think Huddersfield have won it in a very, very long time. I don't think they've won it in the Super League era. So. Yeah, well, Nathan Brown was the one over there who did a good job before he moved on to St. Helens. I wouldn't spoon as when he took over. Uh, but obviously yeah. the good work's continued. Denny Bruff's there as well, isn't he? Yeah, I like... I, I like Denny Bruff. He's good. He's not good, a massive fan of their coach, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd like to see Danny Bruff win it. Yeah, I'm with you there. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know. Well, I think... Oh, I still think Leeds... St. Helens had their little slump and um, have picked up. Uh, Wigan have sort of done the same. Leeds look on the slide, and I just don't know whether Huddersfield, when the whips get the cracking, can handle the pressure. So if you if you had to pick one now, I'd almost say that um, it'll be a Wigan-St. Helens grand final. But obviously, I'm the Leeds man, so I'm pulling the Leeds big time. Yeah, well, I think 20s, we're going to get Warriors-Cowboys final. I think the Q Cup, I think Townsville win. I think the Roos win New South Wales Cup. Um, and, yeah, you obviously got our tips from before the other games. I've gone Roosters-Cowboys. Brock, you think they're both going to win? Uh, Gossip's went the opposite to me, basically, because behind the tipping comp, he went Broncos-Storm. Um, but, yeah, all those futures and all the odds I gave you earlier, they're brought to you by WilliamHill.com. It's your call. If you can have a bet on the NRL or any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. And if you want some help on the punt, try our mates, the NRL Profits, because if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, you need to join the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in Season 2014. The service includes betting recommendations for the NRL and the Super League. You get the best of both worlds. Their special offer to our listeners is a 10% discount off the Access All Profits packages. So visit nrlprofits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the profits. Mate, done and dusted. Late night, almost 10 o'clock. Uh, a stack of interviews I had on earlier. Your great contribution now. It's almost done and dusted, mate. We've only got three games left. And then uh, the season reviews and all that. It's already making me sad, but I'm super excited to watch these games of football. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. Good weekend to put ahead. Really looking forward to it. Everybody out there, make sure you park yourselves over the weekend. Take advantage of those three games uh, of Shield, Massey and Cup on the Saturday. Listen in at RadioHub.com to our call. Is it, is it, is it Shield and Massey and that on Saturday, is it? I thought it was on Saturday. It might be on Sunday. I might just have my days mixed up. Oh, well, it probably is Sunday. Sure, Sunday. All the finals so far have been, so I'm probably just a bit delusional. It's on Sunday. Sorry, guys. No, not all the finals have been. Oh, all the cup finals have been. Yeah, Sunday. that's what I mean. But it makes more sense to be separate from uh, those other games. Yeah, that's but... right. I think, it, and then it gives you a full day of footy on the Sunday as well. Basically, so take advantage of those. Watch the NRL games, and then obviously we've got the the blockbuster next week, the NRL Grand Final. But the only thing left for you to do right now is to enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on! Give us more! Give us more! Where are you going? Where? You, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 